patience, my friend. Afraid, are you? is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Cyclan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The project tractor beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Here is Will Mutez, accompanied by his dear friend, Kit Fisto. Hello, hello. And the producer, our dear friend, Lunatic. How you doing? Hello, everybody. No, he's not a lunatic, although sometimes we sometimes. wonder. <laughs> <but> <laughs> he's, in fact, uh, the producer of this show and the webmaster of a great website, which we'll hear a little bit about later on. Well, just a tiny little bit okay. about it. <laughs> you have to tell him about it. Of course. Uh, so, today's subject is basically the year 2003 in review. We're going to talk about what happened in 2003, the good and the bads. Uh, who can't forget about the good? I can't think of anything. But I can think about the bads, you know what I mean? Like hyperspace, uh, Star Wars kids. Bad hyperspace isn't <laughs> bad? Well, it was a bad move from Star Wars, from Lucasfilm, but 
It's it's you another paid good thing. for it. That's it. You have to pay for it. Okay. But you paid for it. You don't have to pay for it. I'm happy for it. You're bad boy. <laughs> and now we're also going to be talking a little bit about what's coming up in 2004, and uh, there's going to be, of course, the Star Wars Galaxy segment with our dear friend Wookie Mart. We'll be doing the hyperspace segment right after a little tune break we're going to have later on. But it's going to be a really long hyperspace segment because it's the entire story of episode 3 we managed to put together. And it's going to be about half an hour long this time around. Sorry about that, but I just can't go too fast. (laughs) And uh, we also have a special guest author today. He'll be speaking with us about the NGO series. And uh, we have a little contest going on around this, and you're going to be able to win the Ralph McQuarrie Concept Stormtrooper figure, which has just been out. And um, there you go. Right now on the Watch webcam. Watch on the webcam. Oh, man, that's you, you have shining to put it everywhere. Up. Put it at a 90-degree angle with the table, and it's yeah. going to be okay. There, there you, go. you go. So in any case... Uh, we're going to raffle that up, so if you want to participate in this contest, you have to actually have MSN Messenger, and you also have to have the user uh, direct at hotmail.com added, added up to your, to your list, and that way we'll be able to uh, have you participate your in, the, in the contest. when the time comes. That's right. Uh, of course, we're going to tell you who the mystery author is a little bit later on during the show. And right now, we're going to go to my friend Kit Fist, who's going to tell us how to contact us. You can contact us by email at studio at swendirect.com, and by MSN Messenger, swendirect at hotmail.com. And then the chat is on the link on the sw.com, swendirect.com. And then there's also the webcam, you can watch us, link on the main site. There you go. And that's tons of fun. Uh, a chat room? Did you mention the chat yep. room? Yep. Okay. Room. I wasn't, wasn't listening. Sorry. <laughs> Good producer. <laughs> of course, if you'd like to call us, we will. No, if you if you'd like us to call you because we don't want you to pay for extra money that we can afford, <laughs> we'd like we'd like to get your number by messenger. We can afford. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can afford. <laughs> We'll talk about that later on. Yeah. No, but seriously, uh, all you have to do is just sign up the user swndirect.com at hotmail.com on Messenger, and we're going to be taking up your names and numbers by there, and we'll be able to uh, call you and get the reviews from you for 2003 and what's coming up in 2004. And now we're going to go to my friend, Lunatic, yeah. for a little word from the producer. Yeah, hi everybody. I uh, would like to thank you for listening to our show. Actually, our last show was downloaded for... Uh, uh, I go with the bandwidth here uh, for uh, 7 gigabytes, which is our new record. Yeah. The, the, the Clone War episode was uh, downloaded a lot. It's on me. <laughs> it's on you? <laughs> it's on me. Okay. And we also beaten our single month record... Uh, for the four shows, uh, the two one in French and the two one in English. So uh, that's the good side of things. Uh, the bad side is that it's costing us more and more dollar to keep Star Wars on the Rec alive, uh, since we want to stay independent and not hosted on one of the big English website. Uh, we need more sponsor to help us financially. So uh, if you know some specialized or online stores that sell Star Wars product and that would like to have a 30 second promotional spot on our show let them let them know about our show and tell them to contact us for more information and prices 
Uh, also, if you like our show, we invite you to give a small $5 donation or more from time to time during the length of the year via our PayPal account on our talk show section of the Star Wars and Direct website. We thank you for making our show a big success and keeping us alive. On that note, back to you, Sebastian. There you go. And right now, we're can we turn down the little volume just yeah. a little Because, you know, this, what I'm about to do is something really special. Uh, I would like to take the time uh, to talk about a very special person I've gotten to know in the past few days. Uh, I'm saying to know, but in fact, I'll never get a chance to actually shake her hands or even see her smile or hear her laugh. Uh, I'd like to talk about Chanel Vanecek. Uh, she was the kind of fan I'd like to call a true fan. She was very involved with her fandom and her fandom community, and she was always happy to help out other fans. Major League Costumer, she also stood apart from the other fine fans by her desire of unification. Uh, one of the founders of the new San Francisco Fan Force, member of Jedi Tenken Rogues, she was very strong in the Force, and now she's one with it. As one of her closest fr- her close friend put it, uh, Ming Pan, who's uh, Jedi Tenken, Chanel was at the very heart of not only San Francisco fan force, but the Star Wars community in general. With her passing, we all know, she, we all now see how much she has been in the center of so many different clubs in our corner of the galaxy. Her love, dedication, and spirit for all of us is part of the living force now, and the force will be with us always. At 23, Chanel was the mother of a little Angelica, who was seven years old. She was as dedicated a mother as a fan. The last few words I could read from her uh, live journal on October 16th were that she couldn't wait to show a new costume on Halloween. She went to a convention that weekend. She was very enthusiastic and had a lot of fun. Sadly, six days only before Halloween, Chanel Sherry Vinecek, as known as Padme Skywalker and Rebel Legion and TI-6381 on the uh, 501st, joined with the force after fighting through two heart attacks and a massive stroke earlier in the same week. So we'd like to take time to remember all those who died in the past year, and especially Chanel, who left behind her seven-year-old daughter. So here at Star Wars on Direct, we'd like to honor her by dedicating the next song to her. Uh, we're going to go now to Chanel and for Angelica. There is Evanescence, My Immortal. This pain is 
Oh, crap. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. Actually, I'm just going to take a few short seconds right before we start the hyperspace segment uh, to keep on talking about Chanel. We will forever remember her for the devoted fan she was. Uh, wherever you are now, thank you for all you've done. Uh, in our way, we'll keep on looking after Angelica. Fun has been started by her friends, and even the official fan club is participating right now. Uh, you can donate in some ways by sending uh, the... Uh, a check out to Scholar's Choice account number 954079, investment option number 1906. And for the memo, write Angelica Vanecek. Send a check to Citibank, P.O. Box 85666, Boston, Massachusetts, 02266-8566. If you'd like to... Uh, pay for some of the funeral expenses, you can send an email to tashistation at yahoo.com, and if you don't have either PayPal, you can email jedi underscore tenken at yahoo.com, and he will give you all the details on how to help out. Uh, I think all the details can be accessed by the uh, starwars.com official uh, uh, message board and there's a link to where that's right you can also go to you can can simply go to the uh, goldengategarrison.com webpage and uh, enter the slash channel uh, little page and you'll get our tribute there you go so here we're gonna go now do we play again (laughs) sure (laughs) there we go again with the hyperspace segment woohoo oh crap prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark alright stand by Okay, so right now what we're gonna do is he's gonna hand me over the little uh, my my dear friend Kit Fistle is gonna hand me over the little beeper over there, our chrono. What's happening is we're gonna be taking 30 minutes of your time. So if you don't want to listen to any spoilers, now would be the time to take down your volume. What we're gonna do is we're gonna warn the pull in the chat. We're gonna start uh, talking about spoilers, and after that, we're gonna, when we're done with the the hyperspace segment, we're gonna warn people again in the chat. But be careful, be wary, because there's at least a minute of difference in time uh, in between we, t- we tell our words and they reach you, and the chat is not. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, of course, this is going to be the episode three that we think is going to be happening from all of that what we've been able to gather all around the internet for the past year. Spy reports, official reports. Stuff like that. There you go. Uh, of course, uh, we ask you not to discuss the spoilers in any non-spoiler forums. Uh, we ask you not to discuss the spoilers in the first room of Star Wars on Direct uh, chat room. You can actually get to the uh, my room too, where the hosts, the underscore host, is right now to talk about uh, anything you'd like to. And uh, I'm going to be starting this uh, very nice little. Uh, hyperspace segment right about now no here now (laughs) there you go okay so of course we're gonna have the uh, usual yellow text coming down it's gonna pass by a moon and we're gonna see a big battle on Coruscant Uh, it's gonna be the, the biggest space battle in all the Star Wars films 
there's going to be many ships of different shapes and size and from all different planets. Uh, we're probably even going to see some concept made by Rolf McQuarrie for the original trilogy that might be added up. Uh, along the ships, we're going to see some ships from the Droid uh, Federation and uh, from the from the Trade Federation. Thank you. <laughs> from the Trade Federation, uh, Droid control ships and some uh, new fighter droids and some uh, Jedi uh, Republic droids, uh, Jedi fighters, new Jedi fighters, which are going to be really cool and kicking ass, just like in Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the uh, assault ship from the Republic and the new Jedi Starfighter will be there as well. Uh, the droid army will be, there, uh, will be led by General Grievous. So that may give us a hint that there's going to be some battle on Coruscant's ground. And that's where something sad is going to happen. I'm not going to go over General Grievous, de Grievous des description all over again. <laughs> We've done that too many times. But let's just say he's, he looks like a mix between Terminator and uh, Doctor Doom. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good review. And he wields four lightsabers. Yeah, that's that, that's right. His hand, just like the the TX in uh, Terminator 3, will like his, his forearm opens up and ships into four lightsabers. So I think that's like a preview. <laughs> She's a bitch. She'll be back. <laughs> so apparently Tarkin might be uh, at the commands of one of the ships of the Republic. It's not sure because many of our sources tell us he's going to be only present at the end of the movie on the bridge of a Star Destroyer. So, But Palpatine being who he is with influences and stuff like that. that, that, that there you go. So, in the space battle, there's a scene that will be animated where you'll see a ship uh, break, in, break in two most probably and you're going to see clones like Clone, clone, war, clone warriors go like clone <laughs> troopers. Yeah, clone troopers <laughs> getting sucked into the vacuum of space. That's right. And the the view is going to change from first person, from third person to first person, and you're going to be aspired yourself. Cool. In the vacuum of space, you're going to go like, and your head's going to go. And these sounds are produced by me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, there will be a scene where Anakin and Obi Wan are inside their Jedi starfighters and they're fighting the. Uh, all the droid fighters and all these these other guys. Uh, that's when Hanekin will start pissing off Obi Wan by telling him, "Hey, you know Ben, uh, how how you going, dude?" And Obi Wan says, "It's not time to joke, Anakin. You know how I hate you calling me that name." Anakin keeps on persisting and says, "Hey, Ben, you know what Ben and Ben 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 is?" And of course, he ask, "Did did Qui Gon used to know your real name?" That's when Obi Wan. Shoots out a couple of enemy vessels and he says, ah, I'm scared and everyone's going go to know my real name now. Of course, we're going to see, I'm, I'm supposing, some, sh some scenes on, on Coruscant ground. And that's where Grievous is going to meet Shakti. And he's going to probably kill her because he's going to be wielding his lightsaber later on. So, probably a nice little fight there. I hope it's not going to go too fast that we're going to see a little bit of a fight there. I doubt we'll even see it. I hope we will. I mean, Cutting come on. room floor. Shakti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trash bin. No, no, no. no. DVD extra. Don't do that. George, <laughs> if you're listening to the show. <laughs> extra. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, but even that. Extra I, cost. I'd really, I'd really like to see that in the actual movie. Uh, of course, Supreme Chancellor of Palpatine has been uh, kidnapped by the separatist, and he's on board a separatist cro uh, ship. This, this ship is that, that from the notes we've received will be really long, will be really smooth, smooth, and 
there's going to be he's going to be trapped in the hangar at the end of the uh, in the ducking bay at the end of the ship, and there's there are two big doors opening uh, opening on two sides, and this ship is not a droid control ship from the from the Trade Federation. Obi Wan and Anakin will be going onto that ship to try and save Palpatine. And this one is, this Palpatine will be sitting on a chair with a nice big bay window behind him. So that's gonna be like, Death Star anyone? (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna be, uh, he's actually, uh, being checked by, checked on by Count Dooku when Anakin comes in and he sees Palpatine and he sees, whoa, he's a prisoner. I'm gonna save him. Cause that's my mission. And there he goes, fights Dooku. It's gonna be a really big and badass fight. Uh, but it should look a little bit like the one in uh, Return of the Jedi between Luke and his father. Uh, Palpatine did a lot, does a lot of comment during the the, the 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 fight. Dooku is also very talkative, which is scary because they're gonna be, you know, mind bending Anakin, Anakin as well during it's that game. It's gonna be like Saruman against Gandalf. Saruman can't stop talking, you know. That's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Anakin, Anakin will manage to cut an arm of someone, uh, of uh, Dooku, and he's probably going to stop and just wait to give a chance for, for 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 Dooku to play it for his life. But he's, after all, going to cut his head off, and we're going to we're going to see the the cut the cut the head off scene in the shadows. So just like Jango Fett. Yep. But and that's scary because you you did you do see Jango's he- shadow. Of the head going over in one way yeah. and the helmet going on in the other way. <laughs> that would have been nice, you know. Daniel Logan picks up the helmet. Look, <laughs> that <laughs> he got, he got the head of his father going, <laughs> falling out. Oh! It's like, forget it. He's, the, kid, the kid is done for life. Uh, at the end of the, the spatial battle, uh, the uh, General Grievous has escaped and Palpatine is saved. Dooku is dead. Sadly, the the separatist ship on which Obi Wan, Anakin, Palpatine is, it's broken, destroyed. It's going into Coruscant atmosphere. The fire fire department of Coruscant is sending in uh, reinforcement to help the ship crash land in a good way. Like a tugboat. Like a tugboat. They just slow the, I the crash down I don't or something. Think, yeah. Let's let's see. Sh- sh- could we have like slowed down Endeavor when she got in? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It was know. Columbia? No? Yeah, Columbia. Well, even Endeavor. <laughs> Should, could could we keep going? Keep going. Could we have could we have slowed down Columbia? I don't think so. So we're gonna see a uh, a solicited crash on uh, Carson is gonna be pretty scary. I think. Like get out of the way. <laughs> Anakin now hopes to be uh, a little bit more respected by the Jedi the, the Jedi Council. Since he killed Dooku and he's he saved Palpatine and he's really proud of that. Uh, of course, uh, Anakin feels rejected because the Jedi Council will give a mission to Anakin a little bit to uh, Obi Wan later on in the in the movie, and Anakin will probably be like reprimanded for the fact that he killed Dooku. That's what I think is going to happen. You know, he's like, yeah, but I killed Dooku. That's it. Why did he kill him? He didn't have to kill Dooku. Could have just like taken him to his knee or something. Just cut his arms. He won't do no bad anymore. <laughs> uh, following his kidnapping, Palpatine decides to augment his, uh, the security around him, and Hanekin becomes his personal bodyguard. bodyguard. And die! No. <laughs> keep going, keep going. That's right. Uh, Palpatine creates the clone troopers with special genetic 
genetically uh, evolved cells that will actually give them the the, the, f- the power to control them. So to that's the, that's going to be the first yeah. of the yeah that's going to be the first of uh, the, the stormtroopers. Uh, what I think is going to happen then is we're going to see uh, the Utapo f- planet, the, fam- the famous Utapo planet, and it count it, it has mines and you know y- big holes. No, <laughs> I'm thinking using <laughs> big um, construction facilities for for uh, droids and stuff like that. And Utapu is a planet where the inhabitants uh, made their houses on the uh, uh, a little bit like on Tatooine, but out, out of uh, some mountains way. Yeah. So you it's can cliff side. Yeah, on cliff side, and you can see the uh, Amerindian influence in there. Kaidi Mandi and Plo Koon are going to be on this planet, and they're going to be co- communicating with the Jedi Council to give out little results of their investigation. Uh, but they're suddenly going to be found in trouble, and the two Jedi Masters are going to die. Uh, what I'm thinking is that that's when they know where Grievous is, okay. and that's going to be the result of their investigation. <laughs> Sadly, they won't leave true to it. So Obi Wan, uh, following the Jedi Council order, will be going to U- to Utapo to uh, get uh, Grievous. Uh, that's that's the mission I was talking about earlier because Anakin w- will probably not be allowed to follow him and say, "No, you're staying with Palpatine. <laughs> that's your mission now. That's your place, my young Padawan." Of course, Obi Wan will be uh, finding out where Grievous is, uh, going after him on this big lizard-like animal. But it's a really fast lizard. Uh, Grievous is on board of a vehicle that looks like a hail fire droid, but on one wheel. Uh, for those of you who watch Discovery Channel, there was this guy on this motorcycle that did that with one wheel. So maybe, maybe it's something like that we're going to see. I think it, I think it's promising. During the duel, there's uh, Grievous is going to lose his mask, and that's when he's going to get really pissed off, and his forearms are going to go TX on Obi Wan, and he's going to be able to fight with four lightsabers at one time, two in each, two in each ends. And one of these lightsabers comes from Shai T, and you see it very clearly. The other lightsabers have been found during the, the, the Clone Wars, and there are three blue sabers and one green. Obi-Wan will finally kill Grievous at one point. I'm wondering what's the color of uh, all those guys we named earlier Plo Koon and Kaidi Mandi and. Blue. They're blue? Huh, there you go. Now we know where they come from. After the fight, Obi-Wan will, uh, going back to his troops, that's when we'll see he's like really friendly with one of the, the clone troopers called OH-11. The clone trooper comes from the trooper factory O-11 from Coruscant, and he's the prototype of a stormtrooper. Eventually, there's going to be like thousands of, of troopers created for the beginning of the Empire. You, the, uh, the, the trooper factory number O-11 is one of the uh, many factories from all over the galaxy. Finally, we're going to see where the stormtroopers are born from the, the stormtrooper, the same stormtrooper that were used in the classic trilogy. So, in order to kill and get rid of all the Jedi's, Palpatine will send a signal to the clones, and he he's gonna he's gonna have them turn their back on the Jedi's. So, OHL OH11, who's with Obi Wan, uh, suddenly becomes like straight and ro- almost robot- robotic-like. As if he was remotely controlled. Obi-Wan realizes what's happening. He takes his lightsaber, lights it up, and he kills O11 un- by crossing him against the torso with, the- with his lightsaber. 
trooper falls uh, with his gun in his hands, and there's a, l- a little bit of dialogue in that scene, which is which, which let us understand how Obi Wan understood. You know, uh, Hole Eleven goes, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi target engaged. Obi Wan kills the kills the, the the trooper, and he says, "For you, my friend, it's always been Ben. Goodbye." So we see a little bit with, with the name at the beginning and all. It's re- a little bit of really touching moment. So that's really cool. Uh, we see images from different planets where the clone troopers have been have turned back against their uh, Jedi generals. There's going to be one where we're going to see a, a big tank, uh, and they're going to go straight. Like the tank is going to turn around the other tank where the general Jedi is, and he's going to blow the general away. We're going to see a lot of Jedi's die that way. I think that's really cool. It just turns around. Boom. Boom. That's it. It's like, what the... Oh. <laughs> There's a big hole in your face suddenly. On Kashyyyk, Yoda has, a, has no difficulty at all to uh, kill all the troopers that uh, f- turn against him. Of course, the Wookiees help him a lot. That's one of the reasons we're going to see why Han Solo says to 3PO in A New Hope that Wookiees can tear their opponent's arms off. And, Ooh, uh, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be like bloody of? gory, you know. <laughs> In the making of, did you see how many Wookies there were? I know we're going to be. It's going to be really cool. And big Wookies. Yeah. Chewbacca is so thin. Besides them, I just want to get one guy on the show because I want to hear one thing from his mouth. In any case, the Wookie technology is really advanced, and he uses perfect, like they, they perfectly use all the the, the stuff from their uh, fr- from their planet. Of course, uh, we're going to see Yoda almost doing nothing and all the Wookiees doing the job. Uh, I think that's at, th- that's at this point we're going to see Bale, uh, who's going to be shooting on clone troopers, running for his Peter, you know, running for his life because he's got to get away from Coruscant because he's one of the loyalists and he has to just run away. Mace Windu. Mace Windu gets to uh, Palpatine because he has the intention of stopping him and stopping all the actions against the Jedis. So Mace Windu meets Palpatine, they engage in a little dispute, the Chancellor goes to Anakin and he tells him, you know, Jedis are, co- are corrupted, Jedis are bad, blah blah blah, and now you have the choice. It's me or the black man. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Anakin says, uh, chooses to help Palpatine out because he's more respected by Palpatine and by the Jedi. Which is probably going to be and one of the reasons. And he's his bodyguard. And he's his bodyguard too. So you know, it's like, come on. I mean, do you want to kill him? You, you make me his bodyguard. I'm conflicted here. Dilemma, dilemma. <laughs> so Windu and Anakin are going to fight themselves. Of course, the young Jedi is going to win because he has the help of Darth Sidious. That's where we're going to see a little bit of the elements from Return of the Jedi in that scene. Uh, when Mace uses the Force to get his lightsaber, and Anakin is going to go and like, you know, defend. Uh, Chancellor Emperor almost by now following the death of Mace Windu Palpatine believes it's time to actually tell Hanekin what his real identity is which is Darth Sidious and in this in that scene Palpatine says to uh, to Anakin I am Darth Sidious these are my plans to create the Empire and everything but the way he says it he says it in a good way that is his way it's a point of view that makes it good you know and I, I think that even even the audience, even even the audience is going to be convinced from a certain point of view. Yeah. That's right. It's all the truth from a certain point of view. Yeah. And we're going to bring the order back. 
to the galaxy. That's it. Mm-hmm. And he, the new order. He's, he's going to mention and seduce Anakin in a lot of ways, but one of the major ways he, he's taking control over Anakin is death. Death and the Force. And he tells that if he joins them, he, uh, he's going to show Anakin a way to actually uh, trick, the, trick death and live on forever. And that's one thing that with his mother's death, you know, he really wanted to control that. So... He's like Batman, you know. He's a control freak. Darth Vader is a control freak. There you go. <laughs> you didn't know that? He just strangles people for fun? Yes. No? Uh, <laughs> so, basically, what happens is that, uh, that... That will give us a little hints about the Qui-Gon-Dooku-Palpatine relation. Uh, of course, we know that uh, Count Dooku uh, was the uh, mentor of Qui-Gon Jinn, who was the mentor of Obi-Wan, who was the mentor of Anakin. So we kind of skipped the generation there because Obi-Wan is a pure one. Of course, Palpatine managed to convince Anakin and that's when, Dan- that's when Anakin be- uh, decided to become a set apprentice. Uh, after that, they go on to the Senate. They convince the Senate that the Jedi are corrupted and useless. It's time to end their reign and it's time to put his plan in action. Dooku is dead. The Jedi are in voice of extinction and the separatists are going to soon going to join them. Palpatine says that declares himself an emperor and he, he blames the, the, that fact on the Jedi Order because, you know, they're just corrupted and all. So, already Senna was losing conf- confidence in the Jedi in Pack of the Clones. In Episode 3, it's really clear that it's all because of uh, Palpatine's ma- Palpy's manipulation. Uh, after being on the side, after ranging himself on the side of uh, Anakin, of Palpatine, Anakin is sent in a mission with with uh, some clone troopers to kill all the Jedi that are left on Coruscant. One of these missions uh, actually leads them to the corridor, the principal corridor in the Jedi Temple, where they actually trap a couple of younglings, younglings and younglings and some Jedi's. All the attack is actually filmed by the cameras temp- by the the cameras of the temple, and that's something that we're going to come back a little bit later on to. Palpatine then sent Anakin on a mission to Mustafar, which is the basically last mission to put his plan in action, and it's to kill all the last separatists. Leaders. Yeah. yeah. So, there he goes, but he decides to make a little pit stop on his way to Mustafar. He decides to go back to Naboo, where Senator Amidala now, now is re, uh, residing. Why? Because of security reason, most probably she had to leave because of the war. So, Stops by Naboo, convince her, you know, in the same way that Palpatine did, that the Jediers are corrupted and all. And he says, well, I'm going to have to do this, so I'm going to Mustafar and I'm killing everyone. I don't like this, but I have to, and I love you, and I'll be back, and I know you're pregnant. Blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's going to be a very touching scene, and there's probably going to be a little love across the star music, and it's going to be really cool. So later... Uh, we're shifting back to uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan who are back on Coruscant now and they see the scene where the Jedi have been killed by, uh, by Anakin and he, they realize that he's plunged into the dark side so Obi-Wan says okay well I gotta kill my apprentice I gotta cut him off uh, if you want to relate this to an event that happened a little bit earlier in Obi-Wan's life uh, I don't remember the name of the apprentice the, fir- the first apprentice of uh, Qui-Gon, but that apprentice as well. Xanatos. Yeah, it's Xanatos. Turns on the dark side. And what happened to Xanatos? He died. There you go. (laughs) 
So Yoda goes into deep meditation, and in the dark side, he discovers that if the Sith, the Sith Lord, the Sith Master dies, the Sith Apprentice will die as well. Therefore, he decides to go and fight against Palpatine, uh, thinking that if he kills him, Anakin will kill, will will die as well. However, Palpatine is gonna win over over Yoda, so that's gonna be scary. It's like, how powerful must he be, you know, and quick? <laughs> Obi Wan must now right. fight. Did Anakin. you figure that Yoda could be as fast in Attack of the Clone? Never. No, so. Palpatine is the same, probably. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, it's gonna be, yeah. But think about it. You can think, you can figure that, you know, maybe with a small size, mm. you know, Yoda can do a couple of things. But Palpatine doing the thing that Yoda did, he no, 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 no. <laughs> But but Count Dooku does the same things that Yoda does. No, he doesn't jump around Just, like that. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. Well, yeah, that's it. It's a different style of fighting. And we're going to come back to different styles of fighting later on. In anyway, Qui-Gon uh, will definitely find a way to communicate with Obi-Wan in this movie. And I believe he's going to be communicate, com- gonna be communicating with him at that point. Uh, because Obi-Wan will be going to Naboo to meet with Padme. And he's going to tell her, you know... I need to. I need help because I need to find Anakin. This is what happened. Uh, I need your help. We need to save Anakin. Blah blah blah. Very other touching scene. Yet again, more dramatic moments in Star Wars Episode Three. Who knows? Maybe an Oscar nomination. <laughs> Best drama of the year. <laughs> um, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, what? Of course, he leaves uh, Naboo because uh, Padme has a hard time but she finally tells him that he's, he's gone on Mustafar so he leaves Naboo and Padme sneaks up on, his, uh, on, on, uh, on the ship that uh, Obi-Wan has Obi-Wan finally retraces Anakin on uh, Mustafar and that's the lava planet of course we, that's, how, that's how we can describe it but if you remember the, uh, the, sub, the sub-basements of Bespin that's the same thing as that except with lava all around instead of walls Fig- uh, imagine uh into uh, in Return of the King, the in the the overpass where Frodo in the tra- in, in the, the, the mountain of doom in mountain of doom and figure Anakin and Obi Wan fighting on that uh, passerelle on that uh, on that bridge on that whatever yeah. you know if uh, you look in the on uh, that ledge in the uh, making of Episode Three there there's, there's some part stripes two, they have they have um, tape on the floor and it's very narrow yeah that's it. So that I think could be something like that. Yeah. That could be something like that. So I think it's <coughs> going to be pretty impressive. Uh, of course, there's going to be a killer jewel on this planet. This, the planet being really geo- geologically active, you have a lot of seismic activity, a lot of volcanoes erupting and stuff like that. Uh, the the volcano, the 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 earth is going to sh- is going to be shaking all around the place. So probably a lot of shaky cameras. I don't know. Um, Anakin gets his left arm cut off so he's left only with his mechanical arm but he refused to give up and he refused to give in and he, he, he keeps on fighting and fighting and he's going to see Padme shouting stop it, stop fighting, you don't have to mm-hmm. and he's going beca- to become so mad that she betrayed him even, so if, even if she didn't he's going to use the force to push her away and we're going to see later that he mortally wounded her by doing so of course she's still pregnant but he thinks he's o- she's only pregnant with one child not two so he wasn't 
keen in the force in that way. <laughs> Obi Wan uh, will prob will maybe at Anakin's legs, and he's gonna he's gonna fall over the ledge uh, near a molten lava pit after uh, after an earthquake, and uh, he's gonna after he sees Anakin falling and he sees that he's still alive but he's burning up so he's thinking that there's nothing he can do to save him and he, that he's gonna die so he, ta- he picks up Padme and he flies away and I guess that's where they go and meet up with Tenti 4 somewhere because the next scene we're gonna see them on they're gonna be on Tenti 4 right after they left uh, some stormtroopers are just arrived on the scene they recuperate Anakin, they put him in this kind of black uh, coffin. Coffin. Thank you very much. And it, lo- it looks a little bit like uh, what An- what Car in Carbonite was uh, back in Empire Strikes Back. So I think it's going to be a very interesting scene. The recuperation of uh, you know, with going down to some ropes and <laughs> I got him. I got his arms. <laughs> Pieces like that. <laughs> uh, then, then we jump to Hobi Wan, Padme, and Bale and Yoda on uh, on board Tenti Four, uh, going to Alderaan. Padme has been mortally wounded, so they are trying to save her as best as they can, but they can't. Uh, Tenti Four being consular ship, but has absolutely almost no medical bay, so they have to stop by this weird small planet where they have these typical gray extraterrestrial ETs life, alien life, and they're rather small. So I was thinking of Nagri, but I, I don't think they would go no. there. But that would have been nice. It would be cool, but it would have been nice. Uh, so they have to uh, to force the twins' birth, and that's when Obi Wan, uh, she 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 kills she she tells a few things to Obi Wan before she dies, and she finally she finally dies because of her wounds. It's in that scene that we're going to see Obi Wan, Bale, and Yoda. Deciding to s- to separate the twins, so Bale uh, decides to erase C-3PO and R2D2 memories that no one knows that they are twins, and Yoda s- is is sent to the Goba on a escape pod. on an escape pod, and I don't know if he do if he does that on his own will or if he's probably he, he saw in the future that probably Luke will come and see him someday so something like that or maybe you know there was maybe there's going to be a fight and there's going to be this famous set apprentice that we don't know about that might be in the episode 3 and you're looking too far and you know they're, they're going to crash boat on the planet and that's that's going to be the 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 the, the grotto there <laughs> the cave on on the go too much <laughs> i know i do <laughs> hey it's my chronic i can do what i want <laughs> Of course, uh, we're going to see Anakin in a medical environment. He's going to be uh, put into a back to tank, and after that, he's going to be taken out after his, some of his his, uh, his heals, his wounds have healed, have healed, and we're going to see tons of new droids working on him and you know preparing him and ma- posing him some uh, some of the, uh, the 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 mechanical arms that Darth Vader has. Uh, most of Anakin's. Uh, at the end of the movie, there's probably going to be a lapse, a time lapse of about a month. So we, we're not too sure about exactly how mm-hmm. that's going to go by. But we're going to see that, among many things. Uh, Anakin's wounds have all been healed at the point where he's actually wake, <laughs> at the point where he woke up. And he's almost all in his armor. He's on the table at an angle of 70, 80 degrees. And on top of Anakin, there's this huge, gigantic light source. 
and there's this there's a couple of arms coming down from that sword that light source you know just like putting the last little details on his arms and on his legs and stuff like that and you'll see one arm in particular take down the uh, the Darth Vader's helmet and put it in on his head uh, that's when Anakin dies I think that's where Anakin receives the name Darth Vader. <laughs> of course, uh, when Darth Vader will wake up, he wants to know what happened to Padme. Palpatine tells him clearly that she's dead, that he, Anakin Vader, killed her, killed her, and he really feels, you know, that weight. What I think is going to happen is that you're going to have Palpatine says, "Wake up, Lord Vader," and Anakin's going to wake up. At that time, Darth Vader, like, what? What happened? Palpatine says uh, You were fighting with Obi-Wan I'm too slow man That's okay <laughs> You were fighting with Obi-Wan And you mortally wounded Senator Amidala, uh, Senator Amidala Because I don't think they know at that time That you know they w- Palpatine didn't knew they were together And uh, he says uh, You know I think that's when he freaks, he freaks out And he tries to kill Palpatine But you know Palpatine being so much more stronger in the fo- in the dark side of the force than uh, Anakin. He's going to shield himself from Anakin's reaction and probably laugh and says, "You know, you're now in my power and stuff like that." That's going to be pretty intense too as a scene. Uh, the funeral of Padme will be happening on Naboo. There's going to be uh, it's going it's to be as long as the scene of the marriage uh, in Tech of the Clones. The people present will be Sayobibble, the Queen, some assistant. The Padme's family and the loyalist. Uh, we know at that at that time that the Empire is there, but we're not sure that all the Gussie is under the Empire's oppression. Padme is now taken to her tomb on this floating coffin, and that's when we switch to the last scenes of the movie. Obi Wan on Tatooine uh, delivering Luke to Owen and Barry Lars, and uh, he knows that by taking him to Tatooine, that is the only place where Anakin will never go back. Bail, C-3PO, and R2-D2 are going to Alderaan with Leia. And the last scene of the movie shows Darth Vader with Emperor Palpatine and probably Admiral Tarkin at that time on the bridge of a Star Destroyer looking at the beginning of the the construction of the Death Star. (laughs) And this is it. There you go. <laughs> you missed one. Damn you. There you go. <laughs> okay. <sighs> no, I told in the chat that... Uh, okay, we're off. In one minute. So, uh, Nathan's asking uh, Sebastian, I left you, Mr. Blah, 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 blah. It's not about the show, so... There you go. Okay, well, I'll... Uh... You have to say something during this okay. time. Yeah. So yeah, I will replace it with my inane banter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff J- just got in the chat. Mr. Tatwin TV. Arjabroni Jeffroni. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. I mean, he'd like yeah. to know that. Speaking of Arjabroni Jeffroni, <laughs> to make sure he heard it, uh, we're going to be listening if I'm not mistaken, right now, to Tatooine TV number 9, which is the final version, and we're going to be right back after that. Now connecting to the Tatooine TV signal. Initiating decoding sequence. 
Decoding sequence successful. Initiating download. Warning. Only audio portion available. Proceeding with audio download. As a reminder to our viewers, we are continuing with our coverage of that slow-speed speeder chase up the Dune Sea Valley. The Imperial forces are close behind, but you can only go so fast on a dewback. We have Joe Madre in our Skyhopper in the Sky. Joe, what do you see? Thank you, Jared. Well, we're following this Type A speeder heading in the direction of Mas Espa. I don't know who or what is driving. For all I know, it could be a shapeshifter. Oh, no, he's, he's going to hit that... Oh, oh, yes, he just grazed that sand crawler. Now, this is interesting. A group of Jawas has come out, and they are rushing the speeder. Three of them have hopped on, and they're crawling toward the driver. Boy, I don't think there's been this much action in the Dune Sea since I can remember. Oh, wait a minute. Aren't they heading in the direction of the... <laughs> oh, yes, yes, they are. Cow heart. Bantha fodder diet. That's right, the Bantha fodder diet. This new diet is sweeping the galaxy and helping people just like you. And now, let's listen to one of our most famous dieters. You may remember him from the Battle of Yavin. No, he's not dead. No, he's not a Jedi ghost. He's right here. And he's going to tell you his success story on the Bantha fodder diet right now. This here is Porkins. I fought me an X-Wing, and I'm a fighter pilot. I also used to be very, very overweight. I used to have to fly an XXL wing. One day, we went on a mission out to Yavin to go take care of this here uh, Death Star, and everything was going along just fine until I spilled my Super Slurpee and dropped a burrito in my shorts. Well, the R2 unit got brain freeze. I lost control, and I splattered all over that Death Star. Lucky for me, a few months later, I woke up in the Bantha Fodder corporate offices. Uh-huh, buddy, I tell you, that Banther fodder diet is amazing. I lost me 120 pounds, and I got back a lot of sex appeal. I couldn't get it eight beforehand, but, ooh, wait. I get more women now than a Jawa's got fleas. <laughs> ooh, hold on a second. Hello, baby. Yeah, I know, baby. I'll meet you at 7 o'clock on Friday. Yeah, I know, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. Can you bring some money, baby? Yeah. Thank you, baby. Ciao, baby. Bantha fodder diet. Yeah, bantha fodder diet. It'll help you. It sure helped me. Hello, baby. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more women. a sense of, I don't know. What's going on, Joe? Hold on, Jared. This should be good. Yes, the, the driver is successfully keeping the Jawas out of the driving compartment, and yes, yes, they're heading straight for the, the pit of Carcoon. Wow, the driver has smashed the speeder into the dune above the Sarlacc. Three tentacles have snaked out and have grabbed one Jawa each. The driver is staggering out of the wreck. Uh, it's a droid. In, in fact, it's C-3PO. He's just standing there watching the Sarlacc lunch down on the Jawas. He looks elated. Ah, uh, I guess he really must have hated those Jawas. I've never seen that kind of devotion in a droid before. So it would seem. Thanks, Joe. And thank you for watching.
We now return you to The Huts of Hazard, already in progress. Tatooine TV, Episode 9, is a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. It's only minutes. Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from The Empire Strikes Back. And you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. Uh, on Direct. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it like him, you know. <laughs> okay, now our main subject, the year 2003 in review. Um, of course, we're going to talk about tons of stuff. I'm just going to go through them a little bit right now. We're going to kind of talk about... We're going to try to do it faster than the French show. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Wars fan works. We're going to talk about Star Wars on Direct, the first English show. We're going to talk about the Hyperspace Service on StarWars.com, Episode 3 filming in Australia, the Star Wars Kids Saga, two major success video games, Star Wars Galaxies and Night of the Old Republic, RPG Guide to be Hatted, uh, Star Wars Collectible Introduction, and uh, <laughs> Star Wars Collectibles, Clone Wars series of online, the Buds of Clone Wars on uh, the micro series, uh, the NGO series, two books uh, that were beside it, Shadowpoint and Tatooine Ghost, head of the NGO series, and well, we're going to talk about that later on. Yeah. <sighs> I breathe and I start. <laughs> okay, first Star Wars fan works, we're going to have our dear friend Nathan Butler, who's going to be with us later on to talk about that, so we're going to jump straight to the first Star Wars on direct English show. Which happened on September 7th, 2003. Yeah. Which was a really cool show. I don't even remember what it was about because I was way too excited. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Dark Force. Dark Force is that's right. With the, my Gallo interview. The video yeah. game. Which was really interesting. And of course, ever since we started that, we've been doing, I hope, better and better ever since. I think couple, so. We've received a couple of emails from our happy fans, and we've received one email from our <laughs> from a less happy fan, so we're really sorry, but when we laugh in our microphone, the, the, the volume we went a little too, bit higher. Too, That's it. Too hard. Yeah, and due to the to what we use, we can't really, you know, make the sound go down a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so... It's really a medieval equipment. But, kind of. Yeah. I'd go with analog. I'd I'd go with Cro-Magnon period or something, <laughs> <laughs> and see no man. Of course, then after that we're gonna start uh, talking about the hyperspace service. How fun was that? Personally, I got a credit card to go to a convention in Toronto, but that was the first thing that went on the on the, on the credit card hyperspace. Thirty dollars Canadian, nineteen ninety nine American. Officially opened on June 10, 2003, but there was a sneak preview from June 5th tonight. But what I, I, I find funny is that the couple of the days before, maybe three days before, we, uh, we had the, the interview with Steve Sansuit, and he was thinking, oh, watch StarWars.com, there, there will be something exciting coming up, That's and everything, it. and after the show, like, the day after, or two days after, they announced it on the... The StarWars.com uh, website. That's it. That there they, they would be a... So we kind of had an exclusivity there, which was fine. Yeah, but we didn't know it all. So what, next what time, we'll have to take the worms out of his nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do it. <laughs> okay, of course, Hyperspace gives you a ton of stuff. 
including one of the main reasons I bought it, because I was sure I could watch, you know, Natalie Portman on stage for a very long period of in time. In stream and video. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> video and all like that. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, like, all that extra cool, but it was it was still fun, yeah. you know, it was just to see, like, some piece of wood taking two hours to go from one side of the screen to the other. <laughs> <laughs> and you could see it move, you know. I was in my classes looking at that while doing some programming in database. And I was, oh, it moved. <gasps> it moved. <laughs> that was really fun. But the project production staff used it pretty good. Pretty well. Yeah. Pablo Hidalgo did a really great job. Uh, of course, with the, uh, the set diaries, that were incredibly well written. Thank you very much, Paolo, for giving us so much information about the things you could give us information about. Uh, the, the other things we have on the hyperspace uh, services, the actually making of episode 3, the web documents. Which are great. Which are totally great. They're, they're up to 2 now. And, you know, I remember the one in real media back in episode 1, back in 1999, and Lynn Hale really like increased the way she does that. She does these making of episodes, and they're really like terrific now. Uh, I really like the way the first one ended, with George Lucas going out the oh, door, yeah. and he says, "It's my signature now. It will be hell until I get back, and when I get back, it, it will be, be worse." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, we have the before the element pictures with tons of images from episode three. From episode three, we have like it's like the the. George Silek. Yeah, sorry. We of. had before, but the images are bigger and clearer. We don't have to interpret it. That's it. Well, we still have to do a little bit of interpretation for some images. I'm thinking yeah. of the last one here as well. Okay, the, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 that thing that we yeah, can tell okay. because those people don't have hyperspace. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, um, of course, you know, it's 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 a really cool image that you're going to be able to see in a couple of months because they're going to go on StarWars.com. Uh, the simple site. Of course, we have new Kessel mine articles. We have the photoreceptor uh, picture, which are interesting to look at. The exclusive video. Right now, we only have one exclusive video, which is. The and it was out uh, right at the start. That's so it. So most people just signed up, downloaded yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the it's uh, Coyote Mundi leading the attack on the Trade Federation uh, droid control droid ship. Control ship. And, of course, you have the classic Bento tracks, which are, which are all not scanned and put on images on the website, but, but entirely digitally remade. Yeah. Digital is good. Digital is good. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, we have our own email address, our own Star Wars email address. Mine, personally, is uh, jgm, no, gjm, underscore, realmutase, at jedicouncil.com, which yeah. I find very, very funny. Yeah. There are uh, some padme.net, there are some... Yeah, mine is sitclan at dartvader.net. There you go. Uh, we also have uh, a special... Well, we have a little bit more avatars we can choose from for the forums. Uh, on the regular forums, our name appears in red... I think that's what it means. I, I think blue, that's what uh, it means. Blue is too. moderator. Yeah. Uh, black is regular members, and red, I think, it people uh, registered to hyperspace. We're we're just IPs. We're important people. Not very important people. We're just important people. <laughs> and uh, of course, we have a cargo bay quick browse and a cargo bay advanced search, which is really interesting for us when we're looking for stuff to buy off StarWars.com. This is really fairly interesting. So. I think that's all we have to say about the hyperspace service. But, on top of that, I want to talk about the Clone Wars now. 
and tell that all the Clone Wars in high resolution uh, and high format of 640 by... TV format. TV format. Well, which is it? 640 by 480. By 480, there you go. And uh, they're available right now in the smaller format on the, the actual website. But for us Canadian, who are like forced to watch Teletoon in order to actually see the Clone Wars, getting something like Hyperspace was really worth it because... I was. I think a lot of Canadians. That's it. Just registered <laughs> to see the Clone Wars. Just to see the Clone Wars. That's it. We're gonna. I I really lo- just enjoy you know every time twenty minutes after eight go on the website download it. Of course, the first one was a little trickier oh, because yeah. it was a Saturday. Uh, we had no, a convention. No, it was a Friday. No, it was a Friday. We had a convention that weekend, but all weekend long, sixty page in one day. Is that what you said? Or twenty six page in one day? For the rent about the fact that we could that the the, yeah. the download wasn't available because it wasn't streaming, yeah, streaming instead of being in, ac- in an actual downloadable format. Yeah. So all well, I could I see for the entire weekend was and oh. was Yoda rocking up, uh, running on on that that uh, that that, that K-box. and wielding his lightsaber and like fire. That's all <laughs> for an entire weekend. I was that was really killing me. So af- of course. After a couple of uh, of rent messages and emails, these guys got uh, got something up on the web, which was downloadable and which, which was really great. Actually, making of episode three number one was not for those of us who actually have uh, QuickTime Pro. You couldn't save it to your disk, but the second one you could. <laughs> I think it's because I emailed someone over there, and <laughs> they actually they actually made it happen. So. They, they'll have to check that out for the for the next few. Uh, I don't know. I have Pro, so. Yeah, well, I have Pro too. But the first one, you couldn't save it to your drive directly. I don't know if I precise. How would I know? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just just letting you know. So that's it for hyperspace. Uh, anything, anything else you'd like to say? Maybe. I don't have hyperspace. That's it. He's one of those regular Star Wars users. <laughs> I don't use it actually. I'm going to StarWars.com. You go on the on the on the cool websites. Yeah, dot net. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now you know they're gonna rent us for us. <laughs> uh, of course, episode three filming in Australia began on June thirtieth, ended on September seventeenth, uh, which was actually a week exactly before when they had in the at first uh, thought about putting an end to the shooting. So they were early, and Rick McCollum, just to repeat myself, was really happy about that fact. They had a great team, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, on June 10th, when the, the camera began filming, uh, we saw all the, 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 make, the, the building of the sets, which, were, which was really fun. Um, I really liked the way the hyperspace webcam ended on the set of uh, the studio in Australia, of the Fox Studio in Australia which was Pablo just coming up with a stripe of duct tape approaching the camera, you know? And you could almost have this Jaws music going over with and the camera effect like <laughs> You don't see a thing anymore. The way Pablo handled the, the, uh, okay. the webcast. So, of course, that's the episode we're filming in Australia. Everything went well. Uh, they had tons of stuff happening, which was really cool. And uh, Star Wars Kids Saga. Ooh. Make it quick. Our, our fellow, uh, we have a Quebecer. fellow Quebecer who in November 2002 decided to take a... I like to call it the golf spoon. <laughs> it's a golf ball um, 
a golf ball picker, you know, like a golf. It, when your ball lands in the water, yeah. you use the special kind of stick, and it's got like a. Oh, I thought that thing. was for lazy people, not to bend no, no, over no, no, in the, no. in the holes. It's, it's for cheap people. Oh, okay. It's for cheap people that they get their balls, they shoot the balls into the water. Oh, I and see. It's to get them out. Well, basically, he was using this, and he did a, he did a little impersonation of. You know, Darth Maul with a lightsaber and all. And, well, it's just he's like me, so he's a little big boned. And <laughs> he, did, he, he did those those sounds, those sound effects with his mouth. And some of his ex-friends now... <laughs> I don't think they were his friends. No, they were his friends. They were, in the, as in the past. Yeah, I know, big friends. <laughs> Very good friends. <laughs> don't ever do that to me. <laughs> no, you would like to be on the internet. Like I'm already on the internet. <laughs> Look... There's a webcam right here. <laughs> There you go. But basically, uh, what happened is that they put it on the internet on April 19, 2003, and it was in a week distributed all over the place, all over Casa. And to this day, there's a hundred and six clone uh, Star Wars kids video. Yeah, with Braveheart, Matrix, uh, everything you can it. basically think of is there, and it's really scary. Uh, so. This purchase lane from uh, Trois Rivières is now still suffering. We we spoke with his uh, with his attorney at law, Mr. Vijan, and uh, he didn't have much comment to tell to tell to us. Uh, we're still following the story. I think it's going to be something to follow up to in 2004 because I'm not sure they, if they had already uh, got to court with it because he's suing his ex uh, his ex friends and his ex friends parents for uh, 160 million U.S. or no, 160 no, no, no. million Canadian. It's not million. It's thousand. thousand sorry, uh, that well, that million would have been better. <laughs> in the U.S., it could have been millions. That's but not so, one hundred sixty thousand dollars, and we're still waiting to know what's going to happen because it's probably going to be all over the news, all over again. Uh, and Kitor just saying that she will talk about Star Wars Kid also when we will call her. Yay! How did she learn about it? Globe and Mail. <laughs> that kid got to the U.S. Globe and Mail. Global Mail is Canadian. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's from Toronto. No, well, there's... Is it New York Times? New, New York, York Times, Times probably. New York Times talked about it. <laughs> New York Times talked about it, and it's... I mean, come on. It's like right, it was we're, we're still just it's doing our show. It's probably been on Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood. Oh, know? it was. It was all over the place. Yeah. It was uh, disgusting. That's right. There were two major uh, video games that had tons and tons of success in that uh, in this year, which is Star Wars Galaxies, of course. And Knights of the Old Republic. The so much awaited Star Wars Galaxies, and of course Knights of the Old Republic, Kotor, as they are as it is well known to be, and the other one is SWG, which is massive role-playing online game, massively massively multiplayer, multiplayer online. Mo what is it? Online. online Role-playing role game. game. Okay. It's mouthful. <laughs> Miscellaneous. <laughs> 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 and of course, you got Knights of the Old Republic after that, which is just uh, the follow-up to uh, Jedi Knight 2. No. no. Jedi. No, no, Jedi, no. Jedi Academy is the follow-up to Jedi Knight 2, which is also another great game, but it was a little bit like looked over by the, yeah. all the fans. Because Knights of the Old Republic, I mean, come on! We're going back! It was uh, the two biggest games. We, we will talk uh, with uh, Wookie Mart later on uh, about Star Wars Galaxies. Because uh, yeah. neither of us pl plays the game, so <laughs> we don't really... That uh, computer you see on the webcam, that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's my laptop and it's not powerful enough. And They uh, need to make it onto Mac. I'd play. 
<laughs> yeah, we know. You'd like that, don't you? I would love it. Of course, the uh, the RPG guides, uh, some RPG guides came out. I think uh, my friend Kit Fisto here has a list somewhere. Yep, I have a list. It's the Coruscant and the Core it's, it's World. It's Coruscant. I'm sorry. It's Coruscant. Coruscant and the Core Worlds <laughs> came out in there's January. A par- there's a parody uh, about that on uh, Star Wars Fanworks. That's where right. Where they discuss the name Coruscant. Coruscant. <laughs> Nice. Coruscant or Coruscant. Coruscant and the Core Worlds, which focuses on Coruscant <laughs> and no. the Core Worlds. <laughs> oh my god. It's 106 pages. 160 pages. And then the Ultimate Alien Anthology, which is came out in April, which is 224 pages, focuses on aliens in the role-playing game. And then in June, the Heroes Guide, which helps heroes... Um, players. Players get their feats and they have different feats and prestige classes and discusses yeah, the seven forms of late, uh, late saber battles or styles yeah and then the galactic campaign guide came out in August and it's 160 pages also which yep. is uh, helping the game masters with yeah. with tricks and when you don't want the, when you want your gamers to do one thing and they do another yeah. or when they don't do anything how do you say uh, when you say that in English? When they're apathetic. No, uh, just to uh, no, it's Oh, get the fire! Going. Blow the fire that <laughs> blow the fire <laughs> that layer the <laughs> you know. Yeah, one take the flame out. Yeah. So basically, that's what we have for RPGs. Yep. Yep. That's all. We will be talking uh, for this. Year. Yeah, for 2003, we'll be talking about 2004 later on. A little bit later on. Star Wars collectibles. Of course, we had a bunch of stuff happening with Lego, and we had a bunch of stuff happening with Master Replica as well this year, which is, wow. I mean, cool. Come on, man. Go, Kit. Okay. We the got comments from two people. That's yeah. right. And uh, the major comments was that Lego has finally come into its own. Mm-hmm. And it's finally become really good, really cool, and it's even more collectible than it was before. And the distribution is very good, and it's up to date, and it's not hard to collect, mm-hmm. and it's fun because you get to put it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and also the Unleashed series coming to its own, mm-hmm. which was introduced at the time of Attack of the Clones, and um, it's innovative, fresh, alive. It's new. Took off, it took it took a while to get off the ground, but now it's really hot. I like the Chewbacca a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I need to get that one. <laughs> I like the Clone Trooper as well. And that's it for the. No, oh, 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 no, no, that's it. The other, uh, yeah. Oh, 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 there's a, there's something on the other page. Oh yes, and the Master Replicas and the un, and the Attackus statuettes that came out. Yeah. Those are. For some, they prefer them because they're, they might be more expensive, but they're really, for some people that aren't completists, they're like, they just want really nice pieces for their collection yeah. as opposed to a lot of different pieces, it's which aren't coo- as It's nice. cooler to show off. Exactly. You know? And then having uh, a, a tons of figurine. And it's it, it, it looks great on, your yeah. on a shelf. <laughs> it's easier yeah. to dust off, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> they come in those Pyrex containers. Yeah, that and you know, if you just displayed a, if you just displayed like for the Atticus, for for example, yeah, 
they're a lot easier to, to dust than, than action figures. Oh, yeah. They're, they're heavy. You know, they're bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could almost, like, take, take a fire hose and, like, <laughs> throw the water at them. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they'd survive. They'd survive. No. I, I, I wouldn't do that, but, you know. I wouldn't do that. So, so after that... So after that, we have the Clone Wars series timeline uh, from novel comics, cartoons, mm-hmm. and all, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, that mean well, basically, it's that the Clone Wars are being explored more and more mm-hmm. now that Episode Three is coming up, and I, you know, we're going to see a couple of books coming out. There are already some comics who came, that that came out, which are apparently really good from, mm-hmm. from what we could hear from our friend. Uh, Earlier this morning, today, and it was really, really good. Uh, so they have the comics, format. the comics are recommended. Uh, the novels, but we only have Shatterpoint as a an as adult a ro- uh, an adult novel right now, and there's Boba Fett, the Boba Fett series, the yeah. young readers. That's right. So we we'll, we we'll, we will talk about it when other books came come out. Yeah. But uh, point is very good. Ma- might as well, good. well, might as well step onto one of the later subjects and talk a little bit about Shatterpoint right now, oh. which is what I what I like to call the story of Mace Windu, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fighting his, fighting off his own demons, yeah. and uh, he's, he basically finds himself on a planet uh, on a lonesome planet, 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 planet. planet. <laughs> yeah, on a on a lonesome planet, and he gets to you know. Reconsider all he's done all yeah. over the years. He's trying to find his apprentice. That's right. Before and she gets too mad. <laughs> Apparently, it's a really gory book. That's yeah, that. you, you see, Based young kids getting slain and everything, and good fun, good fun. Yeah, and even uh, Maces get a lightsaber through his guts and everything. It's oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty gory. That's yeah. it. It's it's basically the saving private Ryan of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's it's a I'd say apocalypse uh, now. Yeah. No, it, it was Band it of it Brothers? It was based <laughs> no Matthew Stover in our interview said that it was based on Apocalypse Now and the book Art of Darkness. Which so was the book of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. But you know Yay. It was really uh, especially the the one of the later scene in the books. Where they go into a dark room, and they got special troopers with like vibro shields, and everything. Ev- everybody gets cut off in two. The clone troopers come in, and they get slain all the way. It's incredible. Wow. There's blood everywhere on the floor. The music. Mm. <laughs> of course, if you want to listen to the Matthew Stover interview, you can go to the link I'm pointing out right now in the uh, chat room, which is basically the. StarWarsOnDirect.com archives, which is SWENDirect.com slash archives, or you can just click on archives in the menu yeah, and go down, go down to, to, the, the, to the bottom. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, Clone Wars season one in 2003 was tons of fun. Yeah, Very and we talked a lot about it on our last show. That's so you can right. go listen to the archives. So if you want, that's right. Head back to the archive, download the last show, and you're going to hear everything we had to say about the first season. And uh, I really liked it, and I just can't wait for the second season. And we've got, well, we basically got spoilers about the second season of uh, Clone Wars Season 2. We have two. a short description yeah. of episode 11 through 20. Yeah, I'm going to do that, because I think mine are shorter than yours. 
Okay, yeah. I know oh, you're yeah, sad. <laughs> That's right. So the first the episode eleven is going to be Anakin following Asajj Ventress on Munalist. Their ship. They're going to be still, you know, fighting and hitting some buildings and stuff. Uh, see, uh, number twelve will be Mace Windu on Dantooine. Remember, in the last show, we talked about the fact that we'd see a lot of the stuff that we saw in the first episode mm-hmm. uh, coming back on the second season. Well, yeah. Mace Windu on Dantooine. Will it was a roundup of all twenty episodes. That's it. In the first one, uh, of course, in, in thirteen, Mace Windu is still not winning. He keeps on fighting the droid army. This is going to be really kicking ass, <laughs> Mace style. <laughs> Windu, Mace Windu. Uh, episode fourteen is going to be Bear, Safi, and Luminara Underly defending the planet Lum because it's double L U M. Uh, episode uh, four, fifteen is going to be Yoda and Padme going to Loom. What? <laughs> what? What? Dare <laughs> <laughs> you to say what? You know, one G- more time. You get what? <laughs> you got Jeff in the the chat that love loves when you say yay yay. And I say yay, yeah. or when I say a. No, you know the. I say a. Yay yay yay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. Going back to the, the Clone Wars episode listing, uh, episode 16 will be Padme and the Droid on the search for Yoda. Uh, episode 17 will be Anakin following Ventress on Yavin 4, which is very interesting that they're going to Yavin 4. For coincidence? Two, for two reasons. Well, first of all, there's the coincidence with episode 4, and there's the coincidence with our the old friend Exar Khan. That's right. Uh, the so dark sides looms. That, that's Yavin it. 4. On episode 18, Anakin fights Ventress on Yavin 4. And on episode 19, Anakin kills Ventress on the roof of one of the Masasi temples on Yavin 4. Well, sorry, she dies. But that's when episode 20 comes in. Creepus and a link to episode 3. The Jedi. That's it. Mwahaha. Doctor Doom mixed with Terminator fighting the Jedi. It's going to be just so cool. <laughs> Don't say too much. I know, I'm just saying, fighting the Jedi. That's all I'm saying. Who and is he, though? I wonder. Yeah, we have, we have to wonder who he is. So, uh, of course, 2003 uh, gave us no Clone Wars micro-series in Canada, but in this coming year, we're going to have more micro-series. And as, as of yesterday, we, they, they started up. In the hmm, should I stay up? I don't know. So they're they're started now. They're only starting now in Canada, and of course we've all seen them before because we've all registered hyperspace <laughs> just to see just to see that. And um, the uh, the Clone Wars uh, micro series uh, they began back in November in uh, the United States and on the hyperspace service, and they ended in the beginning of December. That's yeah. right. And it was a really cool ending to just to hook. Us on and like have us come back for more. So, beside of the NGO series that finally ended this year, there was the there were two books that also came out that were of notice. Uh, there's Shadowpoint, of course, which was the story of Mace Windu we were talking a little bit earlier about, and there's Tatooine Ghost. Yeah, for for those people who don't really read the expanded universe, if you want to begin the expanded universe without being lost. With reference, begin with Tatooine Ghost. Uh, there's only uh, reference to uh, other EU books with Tron and a little bit of Dark Empire. But it's before the Tron trilogy, yeah, so yeah. 
you don't, no, you don't but, have but to But the know. character Tron is present w- yeah. without being mentioned, you know, the blue-faced alien. But <laughs> but uh, you got a lot of reference to episode 1, 2, and uh, the setting is on Tatooine like in episode 4. So, so it's a familiar you, setting. Yeah, you get all the, the, the setting, the, the Obi-Wan's hut, the, the, ben, uh, the Bunta Eve arena, you get the... Uh, Lars Homestead. Yeah, Lars Homestead and everything. It's a really great book. One the of therapy, my best. Yeah. Something really funny. Yeah. To read. Funny? No. No. Really enjoyable. Great. Enjoyable, yeah. That's what I was looking for. Uh, right now, I'm actually going to go to a couple of emails we, we have received uh, because most, well, some of them actually ca- come from people who listen to us very, very many times a week, <laughs> I guess, and uh, some other people from, which I don't remember, probably heard of them before, but I don't remember. So the first email came from Dylan Gandhi, and he, was, he wanted to talk about hyperspace, so that's why I want to do this right now, mm-hmm. because yeah. we're still on the subject of hyperspace not too far away. He, said that, he says that hyperspace is worth the $20. It's one of, the two, of, of his 2003 highlights. It brings you closer to a film than any DVD has before. Uh, he was wondering if, he, if we were going to be negative or positive towards it, uh, and he, he said that he wanted to give in, to give his in, in his input. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Sure, give us your ideas about the hyperspace." So he says, oh, I, "Hyperspace." Is <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> you got a bit a big text to read now. No, that's okay. It's not too long. Just okay. you know, three, four pages. <laughs> hyperspace is a mixed bag. He says, "Many people said yes when asking a questionnaire on StarWars.com." Whether they paid for a subscription service, so it's made because the public wanted it. At first, I thought, shouldn't they give us for free? And I didn't want the service, but my parent told me I could be a member as an early birthday present, so I signed up. <laughs> now I find it hard that I ever doubt that I ever doubted it. It roughly costs thirty cents a week for hyperspace, which is less than the average chocolate bar. Now here's the pros and cons and the highlights of hyperspace. Pros. The set reports. Pablo Hidalgo, the writer, goes around places and gets interviews with the departments. They're, they're written fairly well. We had set reports every day during shooting. And we get new post-production material now, which is really fun and really enjoyable to read as well. The webcam is just excellent. Yes. We could spy on certain things, and you really felt it was a one-to-one thing between you and Lucasfilm. So much... That I have to go to go back to the webcam thing on the hyperspace. Some people on the s- working o- over there on the sets, working over there in the costuming area, they actually encouraged the Star Wars kid. They said, you know, we love you, just like uh, Star Wars kid forever. Yeah. And, uh, Star in Wars French. Kid, yeah, that's it. And Star Wars kid in Episode Three. Who know? C'est possible. As in, yeah. it's possible. So that you know, that was really really fun. Uh, sadly enough, we know the answer now from Lucasfilm that they cannot. Uh, Get the uh, the kid in episode three because of the the, the 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 suits that were made. So sorry about that. Uh, of course, the the on the webcam we had the cheese, the yeah. infamous cheese, which will be following them around. I want that cheese. It's like I want them to raffle or auction that cheese, and I'll buy it from them. I think it'll be gone by the time they're finished. No, I think it's a plastic cheese. <laughs> a plastic? Yeah, it's, it's it's a plastic cheese. Oh. Why would you want to plastic? That, that, that's, that's because it doesn't that's smell. Wrong. <laughs> it doesn't smell. You can carry it around everywhere. You don't have to eat it. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's just a prop. It's a prop. Che- it's, it's a prop cheese. 
strange. So it's still funny. It looks like Canadian cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it could be Wisconsin cheddar. I don't know. And, uh, of course, we had all those little signs like R3, 3NAE, and stuff like that that we saw around the set, which were really interesting and, you know, mind-buggling kind of things. Uh, he keeps on going. Dylan keeps on going with the web chats. We finally got so much answered by Rick McCollum. Yes, so much. <laughs> I'd say we had about ten questions answered straight from from Rick. Yeah. Uh, from those chats, but they are still yes. really no. really interesting. Yes, I no. think he got straight. His, uh, a, he told too much sometimes. Yeah, of course. Sometimes he did tell too much. So it's really suspicious, you know, in a way. Anyway. The uh, Clone Wars commentaries, it's a cool insight into the world of animation and how the first step of the Star Wars Cartoon Network partnership is. The images, the cool new Episode 3 ones, and all new, never before seen of the original trilogy ones rocks. And we, got now, we go now to the cons. The only con is the fact there's not enough stuff at the moment. If it was much a bigger site with lots and lots of stuff every week rather than just five things, no... That it's not worth. Not that it's not worth twenty dollars a year. It certainly w is worth it. But there should be more stuff. At least in two thousand four, we have a lot of new stuff coming our way. Benefits: we get to choose and sample from episode three stuff, like the design to some CGI vehicle and stuff. All the hyperspace members will be contacted by email, asked to provide their name, and then have their name in the Star Wars hyperspace credits, Ooh. which is really cool. <laughs> I don't know where. It, it will run the Iceberg Space credit. You know, you thought that the Matrix credits were long? <laughs> oh, man. I oh, don't. my God. Hyperspace members. <laughs> Hyperspace member get first dibs and 10% off all Star Wars products and the, uh, at the officially certified stores. Hope I hope he's been... Uh, he hopes that he's been uh, of some help. Uh, Dylan Gandy. And he's... We're like... Thank you very much, Dylan. That was really cool stuff about Hyperspace. Your comments... Uh That's right. I really Always like mine. <laughs> exactly. I hope I can. I'm going to be able to actually like do something this year about hyperspace. We got so. to call. I know. So right now we're going to go to a little musical break. Just before. Just before, uh, we're going to be going to a little interview with our famous mystery otter, and this mystery otter is <laughs> other than Troy Denning. So we're going to mm. be having fun coming back from the break with Troy Denning. What we would like you to do is go into my room one from the chat on Star Wars on direct. Or my room two. Uh, well, they, they can go in my my room okay. one. Okay. So swendirect.com slash uh, and go into the chat. Go into uh, my room one. Leave us questions for Troy Denning. And when we're we're going to be back on the air. Don't don't chat in in the other room. Just that's the le leave your questions. Just give us questions. And uh, when we're back from the air, we're going to have uh, Tridening, and then we're going to have a little raffle after that. So Later on in the show. Later on in the show, yeah. that's right. So and we're gonna we will continue with the... We're going to be listening to uh, <laughs> pictures of you from The Cure, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct with Troy Denning, author of Star by Star and other great Star Wars books.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. author of Tatooine Ghost and the New Jedi Order novel Star by Star. You're listening to Star Wars Undirect. And welcome back to Star Wars Undirect, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And we're live with none other than Mr. Troy Denning. Hello, Troy. Hello. How you doing? Coming me. <laughs> uh, how you? How have you been doing ever since Star by Star? Oh, I've been doing been doing very well, thank you. I've had a lot of fun um, doing it. You know, appearing at a few conventions and meeting a lot of fans, both um, in person and on the web. That's great. Just to remind people, you, you wrote uh, in the recent years. You wrote Star by Star and Tatooine Ghost, and also the ebook A Forest Apart and Recovery. That's right. That's correct. Okay. And a short story called Never Trust a Squib. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, on November 4, 2003, the NGO series was finally over. <laughs> it, uh, it was over with the coming out of the book, The Unifying Force by James Lucino. Uh, personally, I do believe that the last third chapter were the best. <laughs> But it wasn't star by star material. <laughs> Oops. What the heck was that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. We just have our producer messing up some 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 uh, some sounds here. Okay. Uh of course, the uh NGO series with its end, we had a great news is that you were going to be back in the Star Wars universe with a post NGO trilogy uh written by you, of course, Troy Denning, and uh we're going to probably going to be asking you a couple of questions about this because we're really curious, you know. We want to know what's this all about? <laughs> so do I. But first of all, we need to ask you: How did you appreciate the uh, NJO main story now that it's over? Oh, you know, I really loved the NJO main story. I thought that that uh, it was a real risk for um, Del Rey to go that way and to do something a little bit darker. And I think it worked perfectly. It uh, it brought a little element of uncertainty back to Star Wars, or a big element of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, And I think that that was just what it needed to give it the edge that it needed to continue progressing as a series. Okay. And now the, the stakes are higher up for yeah, that's upcoming it. novels. You got to have what NGO had now. Yeah. It, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch the question. Okay. I just say that uh, now the other novels that will co be coming out, they have to raise the bar higher. 
to uh, to be uh, as popular as the uh, NGO series. Yeah, that's very true, and it'll be a difficult bar to to, to meet. I understand um, from booksellers and so forth that the NGO is quite a quite a hit. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, I was very happy to be a part of it, even even though I only was able to write one book in it. I was thought it was a an incredibly fun fun series to be a part of. Yeah. It was a good experience all in all. But you know, your book was really tight shifting, so yeah, I'm sure it was a really good experience. But is there anything you would have made any different in the entire series? In the entire series? Yes. Oh, you know. It's really hard to look back and with a with a hindsight say that there was something that you'd do differently because I feel that that the whole thing worked pretty well and yeah. um, to go back and say that I would change one thing or another it would be you know it's almost like going back in time and saying that you're going to change this and you don't know quite what what that change would create mm -hmm. so. Um, You know, I, I really can't, you know, for the whole, especially if we're talking about the whole series, I don't think that I can go back and say too much about what I would change because I think it all turned out pretty darn well. And I'm afraid if we changed, you know, any kind of minor thing that that it might have been, um, created, you know, caused a situation where an author would have gone off in a direction other than they did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you just don't know. It, it, it was, I, I guess... I would be re very reluctant to do that because, from the editor's standpoint, I'm sure, you know, I'm talking about Sue and Shelley, that it must have been like herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that they did a pretty good job of getting the cats where they wanted the cats to be. I yeah. see. If we change anything, I'm not sure that all the cats would have ended up at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all in all... What do you think of the new point of view for the concept of the force of Luke and and of and Luke decisions to change the Jedi order and you know and have everyone go their own way and there's no dark side anymore what do you think of all that I think that that that's very interesting in that um trying to think about how much I can talk about without going without revealing too much about <laughs> the NJO trilogy yeah um I think that it's a very interesting concept, and it, it is based in, you know, in Campbellian mythology. The idea that when, as as the hero comes to the end of his comes to the end of his journey, that he, in a certain to a certain extent, rises above good and good and evil, and he begins to see how they're both united, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that they're both, you know, this kind of separate sides of the same. Um, I don't want to say entity, but the same. Unity. Okay. And uh, and that it's all based on that, but of course, that view leads to some some interesting questions in the future, in terms of how do you decide? Okay, if if good and evil are are the same, or there is no dark side, then how do you judge your behavior, and what do you use as a as a milestone or mm -hmm. um, as a as a guiding post or a guiding light mm -hmm. to tell you what to do. It, it could bring chaos. That's right. right. It could bring chaos. Yeah. And uh, you know, it it, be, it ends up, and to a certain extent, it, it reflects our own times very, to a great extent. Yeah. In that, you know, you're never quite sure what what is right and what is wrong, and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's gonna, going to, in the future, leave us with a lot of very interesting questions to be handled. Okay. Uh, we don't want to make any enemies. 
and we don't want to give you any enemies, so I don't know what your relation with uh, James Lucino is, but I have to ask you, how did you feel about uh, Admiral Agbar's death? Um, well, it didn't bother me at all, since I had in- inadvertently tried to kill him myself beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, in an early draft of Star by Star, I had named one of the, the ships, um, you know, there was a Mon Mothma, which I understand there's been quite a controversy about the class of it. Okay. It was also, its sister ship was named the Admiral Akbar, and I had not intended that, that I would have killed either one of them by naming a ship after them. Mm-hmm. But as it turned out that um, when you name a ship after a certain character, um, you know, that character is considered dead because they don't name ships after living characters. Mm-hmm. So they let me do it with Mon Mothma, and uh, that's kind of how she ended up being declared dead was kind of through an accident <laughs> on my part and I almost killed Admiral Akbar that way so so uh, I guess I'm just relieved that that they didn't let me do that and allowed somebody else to do it yeah <laughs> okay but yeah, I mean all in all the way that says hey by the way Akbar is dead you know do you think he should have had like a little bit longer scene about his death or something well no I think that it actually well, you know, you'd had the, I, I can't remember which book it was in, um, but it was in a previous book where they had the whole scenes where he's, he's ill and, yeah. and this kind of, you know, dying, um, not a hero's death in that, you know, that he's not dying in combat, but he's dying very well and he's dying in service. Mm-hmm. But he's just dying of old age, and, and yeah. I, I kind of like seeing a hero go that way for a change. Yeah. It, I, it, it I, is indeed a change. <laughs> force came around, that was pretty much, you know, a. Uh, uh, a uh, foregone conclusion. I mean, by the time the unifying force came about, came about, it was clear that Akbar was dying. Yeah. And you know, and I know from experience that when you're writing a large book like that, you don't have a lot of room to put in mm-hmm. scenes. I mean, if he, if we would have just thrown in a scene of Akbar dying, it would have probably just kind of felt like something that was thrown into the book. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a lot better to handle it the way that Jim did. Okay. In the, you know, in, the, in a passing reference, because you just don't have room. That, you know, I mean, it's kind of a large event, Akbar dying. Yes. And to have that happen in a book, you have to you have to devote more than just one scene to it. You'd have to devote a kind of a whole subplot to it. Okay. Almost an entire book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there just wasn't room to do it in the Unifying Force. So I think that he handled it very well. Okay. And he leaves the room for somebody else to handle it in another book. That's it. Or scale. Yeah. You know, if, he'd uh, have, if he'd have shown the scene there, that would have eliminated the possibility of that book taking place in any context, mm-hmm. or even a short story. So we never know what might happen in the future. Right. If he, if well, I think that I think that by handling it the way he did, that he leaves open the possibility that somebody will write that in the future and show how it happened. I will most definitely surely want, uh, write a fan fiction about it. <laughs> That's one of my plans. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, and, and if he'd have written it in the story, I don't think you'd have been able to do that. That's right. So, uh, we're going to go to your post-NGO series, that, uh, that your trilogy, actually. And uh, we're going to ask you the easy question first. Alrighty. Then we're going to ask you the tough question. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, the first question I wanted to ask you about this uh, post-NGO trilogy was, how did you approach the writing for a trilogy compared to a standalone novel like Tatooine Ghost? Well, you know, I think I approach it about the same. I, any story that I, I write, 
I start with a with a question that has to be answered at the beginning, and and um, when that question is answered, the whole story is over. And there's a certain amount of of milestones along the way. And so with a with a trilogy, you just divide it into three milestones, basically. Okay. And they're you know they're a little bit the milestones are more significant and larger than they would be if you were only writing one individual book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know of course you subdivide it. So so it's basically I for me I write write it in much the same way, in that I know what the the question is at the beginning of the story and I'll know what it is what the answer is at the end of the story, and I kind of have an idea of what the milestones are that I want to hit along the way, and um, I'll just kind of write. You know each book will be written to. First book will be written to the first milestone, and that'll be when I know that when I finish that book. And then the second book will be written to the second milestone, and that's how I'll know when I finish that part of the story. And so, basically, it's just you know, it's I I write all of my stories in pretty much the same way, whether they're a short story or an or a trilogy. Okay, I see. Thank you. <laughs> um, how many pages can we expect for every book, approximately? Um, I can't even begin to guess. Three <laughs> <laughs> pages well, it, as it takes to tell the story. That that that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you restricted to a storyline like uh, like you were for Star by Star and the NGO series, or no? I think I have a lot more freedom in this one, in that they basically said we you know we want you to write a story set up, um, a story using a certain set of characters, and I think. I think I can go out on a limb and go ahead and say that say that they asked me to set write a story using a certain set of classic characters. Oh. Um, mm. Which is, and uh, you know, they said, "Where do you want to set that story?" And I thought about it and thought about it, and I thought, "Well, okay, I want to set it. I could set it, you know, immediately post NJO, but I was afraid if I did that that it would seem like I was just extending the NJO, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that perception to to occur because NJO." When it ends, it ends. It's very clear, and um, I didn't want it, you know, the the perception to be that this was an extension of of the NJL. So I decided that kind of arbitrarily that I'd set it five years afterwards. <laughs> and in the final draft, you know, by the time we get through all the revisions and so forth, that may that may move back and forth, some, you know. So it's it's hard to say whether it'll be really five years afterwards. But that's kind of what the the idea is during the writing. Okay. Well, that was actually the first tough question because we're not going to go into the tough question. Alrighty. Implant throbbing questions. The so, uh, ITQs. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't answer, just say so. Alrighty. I'll do. Uh, your trilogy is set approximately how many years uh, after the unifying force? That's approximately five years. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised. I must say I was uh, expecting maybe further than that. But it's really interesting. Uh, you were expecting sort of what? Maybe 20, 25 years later, like really a lot later. Right. Uh, as we said in our past show, and I hope I'm not spoiling anyone, or may- may- maybe you can actually confirm that. Well, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking of your trilogy beginning, you know, with a really nice uh, funerals for Luke Skywalker. Because <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can fairly, I don't think anybody will. I don't think my implant will throb at all if I deny that rumor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I so I was wrong. We won't begin with that funeral. Mm. Okay. Will it end with it? <laughs> Pardon me? Will it end? With a funeral? No, no, will no. it end with it? 
Oh, I am sure that there will be many, many funerals before it ends. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm scared again. <laughs> uh... We wanted to ask you if the, w the vision that Luke had is in the Unifying Force had anything to do with your upcoming NGO novel. Uh, to remind us of that, then you can... Uh, yeah, it was the Ben Skywalker on a beach, uh, on a certain planet with strange ship flying around. So I'm suspecting Zonama Seacut, but it's only a, a vision, so... Right. Um, well, the certain planet... I don't know. Um, I, I guess... I guess it's fair to say that, that Ben Skywalker might be on a beach in my book, mm -hmm. and there will definitely be some strange ships. But whether or not they'll be related um, is anybody's guess. Okay. And, and I would say that the likelihood that they will be directly related to that vision is rather small. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have any help or insights from the, olders, from the other authors of uh, that trilogy? Yeah. Uh, that, the NGO series, probably? Of the NGO series, yeah. yeah. Do I have any, um, what? Any help or insight from the... series from yeah. the others? Yeah. Um, you know, no, I've been kind of left alone on this one. Uh, Jim Lucino and I talked a little bit about what was going to be happening in the Unifying Force um, while I was writing, let's see, the Tatooine Ghost book. And so I kind of had an idea of what he was doing in that in that story, but... It was still a little bit early in the plotting before I had done much plotting in the trilogy. Um, so that there hasn't been a lot of interaction that way. Okay, I see. I, I seem to be pretty much on my own with this one. Mm -hmm. uh, will you be creating any major characters for that for your trilogy? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> We really like the way you answer. <laughs> Uh, you said in the think about it because you know you have to define character kind of carefully. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you said in the Jedi Council forum that the antagonist would be different. Can you give us more insight? Are they are they a sentient life form? Are they a what? A sentient life form. Well, well they're definitely a life form. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And so, and they all, um, you know, I. I <laughs> <laughs> It'll be different, but they're from Star Wars, from the history of the EU. Okay. Oh, so that's great. Yeah, so, so they're n not something that's, that's going to be, you know, totally out of the blue. Oh, okay. So uh, we have to dig down deep to find it. <laughs> totally out of the blue, you said? <laughs> Is that an int? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you some quick answers. Uh, you just can't answer yes or no, or I can tell. Uh, we're going to ask you do the following appear in the post-NJO trilogy Ben Skywalker yes, yes. Zona Masekat uh, um, well sort of <laughs> oh, okay yeah. Alpha Red I, I didn't catch the last one Alpha Red the, uh, the ultra weapon I don't think so okay <laughs> I, I like that answer <laughs> uh, how far are you in your writing right now Um, well, I'm never as far as I'd like to be, but I'm in good shape, I think. Okay, that's, that, that's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to a, f a couple of fan questions now. Alrighty. Uh, from our lovely chat room. Uh, okay. We, had, we have uh, Nathan Butler from Star Wars Fanworks, who's asking a question regarding Tatooine Ghost vis-à-vis -vis the trouble with squibs. Uh, how did timetables for writing... Uh, Tatooine Ghost and 
The trouble with squibs? The trouble with squibs work. Uh, were they written co concurrently for the squib ties consecutively? Um, Tatooine Ghost was written first, and then I think I think I wrote Corfelian Interlude after Tatooine Ghost, and then I wrote The Trouble with Squibs. Okay. Uh, Kieran Horn is asking you, why did it seem like any mention of Padme was edited out of Tatooine Ghost? Even in the scenes she was she was in from the, the, the Phantom Menace, there was no mention made of her at all. Any mention of whom, I'm sorry? Of Padme. Oh, Padme? Yeah. Why wasn't she mentioned in Tatooine Ghost? Yeah. Um, well, because basically, if you remember the, the movies, um, she left before um, Shmi really... Began her diary. Got to know her. I mean, all, all that Shmi knew of her was that she was this handmaiden. And, That's it. And really didn't understand who she was and what significance she would have. And why would you talk about an insignificant handmaiden? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it would have. Uh, she just simply wouldn't have taken much notice of her at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there was no other real context to, to put her in in Tatooine Ghost. And actually, I was quite, quite relieved about that since it would have, if that would have been otherwise, I would have had immense continuity headaches. <laughs> Uh, Kieran Horn still asking, is there any chance you might be working on a personal website of yourself that way we can keep track of your works online? Um, I am, in fact, working on a personal website. Um, I'm not quite sure when it'll be up, but um, I've got my name registered, and, and uh, it, you know, sometime in the next few months, I'm hoping that we'll have a Troy Denning website up. Great. That sounds great. Uh, Again, we're going to go with our friend Nathan Butlers from uh, Star Wars Fanworks. In Star by Star, you Borks, your Burks fella goes out like a hero. Somewhat, after years of being a sniveling opportunist, what is Lucas Book's ideas uh, to have him gain some sort of a minute redemption in death? Or was his death method your call? Um, well, I had received a... When I was... We had about a million emails that go back and forth about the idea for Star by Star and, um, you know, what was supposed to happen in the story. And in one of those, somebody, and I have no idea who it was, said it would be kind of, I would kind of like it if, if Boris went out, you know, as, as something of a hero. Okay. I, that idea just clicked, and so I said, yeah, I think I'll try and do it. And so I wrote it in the outline, and everybody said, oh, wow, what a great idea, what an original idea. And I guess they forgot that it was actually their own idea, <laughs> even after I told them, hey, you know, this is just what you guys suggested. But, oh, no, we didn't suggest it. So so it was it was somebody there's idea, and I'm not sure who it was. But you still get the credit that, for it. <laughs> and I'd like to give them credit, but <laughs> it's just, just that way that uh, I don't really know whose idea it was, and I just kind of grabbed it and went with it. Okay. Uh, Dark Quiz is asking us, uh, speaking to someone who hasn't read a lot of Star Wars Extended Universe, what sets your book apart from other Star Wars authors' work? Oh, that's a hard question. That's a tough um, one. <laughs> I think that what sets both the Star by Star and, and Tatooine Ghost apart is that I tend to stick closer to the classic, you know, the movie characters mm -hmm. and try to concentrate my effort on on bringing those characters to life as much as I can um, instead of creating new characters of my own that that might be 
that fans might want to see, you know, rival them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've created new characters of my own that I that I love and enjoy, like Saba Seventeen and and um, Tesar mm-hmm. and uh, Lima Rar and so forth. But but they're all very much still in us in um, a secondary role to Luke and Han and Leia. Was it the the fact that you uh, you write really uh, the classic characters in a sort of way that got you chosen to wrote the uh, post-NGO trilogy which you said that would concentrate on classic characters? I think so. Okay. I think that that's one of the reasons they wanted me to, to write that trilogy. Okay. Um, but I'm, you know, at, at this point I'm just guessing what was in their head at the time. It may be that, that they um, they just said, you know, he's really long-winded, we should give him three books instead of one. <laughs> Okay. Okay, we got like about 12 more questions <laughs> from our friend uh, over at Star Wars Fanworks. Uh, the fate of Renard Tall. Many fans still are iffy about reports of his death. Are, you, are we to assume he did in fact die during uh, Star by Star? Assume nothing. <laughs> assume nothing. As one of my friends used to say, if you assume too much, you make an ass of you and me. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tatooine Ghost and Kister Benai. When dealing with the later day version of Kitster, uh, Wald, and other pre- prequel era characters, was their development guided by Lucas books, or perhaps with Lucas consent, or did you get to develop them independently? Um. Well, you know, I, I when I wrote the first outline for Tatooine Ghost and sent it in, they said, "Oh, this is a very nice outline, but we would like to see more of such and such and such and such," and. Uh, I looked at that at their comments and I couldn't understand them for a long time. And then it finally dawned on me that what they wanted was more of episode one and two in it. And uh, so at that point, I went back and wrote a new outline in which I used all of the episode one and two characters that I could could possibly use um, on Tatooine, you know, that I could find any excuse to use. And um, and sent it in. They said, "Oh, this is this is really good. This is much better." Um, but maybe you're, you know, maybe you're using too many. So it's kind of a matter of I think that that's what they wanted, but it wasn't clear to them or me at at, at the beginning. But when I wrote the the um, the second out, the second outline, it was very clear that that was what everybody was hoping that would would occur. Okay. So I guess it would. I'd have to say they encouraged. They wanted me to use them. Although they didn't give me specific guidelines as to how to do it or or who should be there, hmm. except for Shmi, they they did say that they'd like to have a diary by Shmi in the, mm-hmm. in the story. So that that was pretty cool for them to give you to give you a lot of uh, freedom. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of leeway, and you know, I was a little frightened to do it because you're always worried about trading on the continuity of the movie series. Yeah, but um, but it, since I, I really sat down and looked at the structure, I realized that all of my my story continuity would be occurring. Episode two or be- or before, so there was no real worry to, you know, no, no real concern about doing something that would affect episode three. I, I guess I guess all the NJO authors are now like endangered species who are bred into a zoo and let into wildlife afterward, you know, with more freedom and stuff like that. <laughs> so you're kind of afraid to <laughs> to all go forward and do do your thing, you know, and get more of the the Troy Denning out there. Yeah. Uh, after all the leash from the <laughs> from, from the star. Yeah, it was it was a it was a very writing Tatooine Ghost was a very different experience from writing um, Star by Star. There you go. In terms 
terms of the amount of freedom and, and the number of people I was working with. Okay. Um, and the trilogy, the post NJO trilogy, is 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 you know pretty much like um, you know a, a lion that's been in a zoo for all of his life being set free on the plains. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you have to feed now. <laughs> yeah. Go hunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Nathan again wants to know uh, you're the only author to his memory to have written two separate ebooks for Star Wars. Uh, if it were your call, would you see these ebooks collected in an anthology paperbacks, or should they be confined to being published in the paperbacks of their companion handbacks? Um, <coughs> you know, I really don't have much of an opinion on that. Uh, I think whatever serves the fans best would be the way to go. Okay. But I'm I'm afraid that if we collected them all into an anthology, then fans might just feel that they were obligated to buy another book. Yeah, and the story probably wouldn't be like fitting in. It would be like miscellaneous Star Wars stories mm-hmm. if you take all the e-books together instead of putting them with their companion hardbacks. Right. So, think, go ahead. I think you'd have to have new material if you were going to do that. And That's I, it. I don't know that, that they will do new material for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've written uh, some RPG solitary adventures for Wizard of the Coast and well for West End Games before. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you do it again for Wizard of the Coast? Is that um, is that an area you'd like to explore again? Um, well, there's there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to explore and and um, you know I, I I don't see that really happening, but but you never say never. Um, and if if um, I guess if the opportunity came up and and the project is interesting, I'd be happy to do it. Okay. Uh, you've written several Star Wars stories, including RPG, uh, solitary adventures, novels, e-books, magazine short stories, even the tiny Corfillion interlude. Uh, is there any particular scale of story you prefer to tell, or do you just look at the requirements for a job and confine to that land without pre- preferences? Um, I typically like to write novels. Um, I've written more novels than I have short stories. And that's okay. because I think I look at every story as a novel, in that it requires kind of a different frame of mind to, to write a short story. Mm-hmm. And it's often hard for me to get into that frame of mind. You know, Corfelian Interlude is the only short story I've written that I feel is, at its core, really a short story. Everything else is really a novel. It's just compacted down to a short story length. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. so I would say I definitely prefer writing novels. But I write short stories because, you know, sometimes they need to be written. <laughs> sometimes there's just, you know, a subject that needs to be handled and doesn't deserve a whole novel. Agbar's death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one time, you released the novel Waterdeep, but did so under the name Richard Allison. Any particular genesis for that pen name? Um, well, that was one of my first novels that was written for... Or actually, it was my first published novel that was written for... TSR at the time, and uh, the way that came into being was TSR said they wanted to release um, a series of novels that dealt with the conversion of AD&D from first edition to second edition, and that was the going to be the Avatar trilogy in the Forgotten Realms where where the gods came down and you know said everything's different. So they uh, they auditioned a bunch of different people to write the novels. And they wanted to release the novels like in you know in three months or something. And of course, no author in his right mind would try to do that. Mm-hmm. So they they said they would have three different authors write them, and they auditioned this. And um, I was selected to write the third novel, Waterdeep. 
and Scott Sampson was selected to write the first novel, and somebody else was selected to write the second novel, but turned out he went off on his own direction. Then when they got the novel in, they said, oh, no, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. Had Scott kind of work with uh, Jim Lauder and write the second novel. I see. So, so that's the way it came out. And then we, they wanted it all to be placed on the same place on the shelf because this was before the shared worlds became really common. And they were afraid that, you know, if we had three different authors' names, they'd all be placed different places on the shelf. So they said, we'll, you know, have it written by one pseudonym, and the name will be Allinson, which is kind of like all in one. Yeah. So, so that's how it ha- that occurred to be. But now they're re-releasing it under my own name. And um, I think it's, you know, just that they've come to realize that it's not quite necessary anymore to have them done that way. Okay. Well, one last question, and we're done. And the last one is from me. From me. Uh, I was going through my Star Wars Celebration 2 uh, schedule the other day uh, for some reason. <laughs> and I saw you were there. And at the time, I, I got to admit, I wasn't reading the NGO series yet. So I totally missed you and Sue and Shelly. And I'm really pissed off at myself right now. You have no idea. But I was wondering, uh, how much would you like to go back to a Star Wars celebration, like, for instance, Star Wars Celebration 3, and, you know, do this huge mega panel on the NGO series and maybe present one of your books over there or something like that? Oh, sure. I'd love to go. You know, um, Star Wars Celebration 2 was a lot of fun, and I'd be happy to do Star Wars Celebration 3. Great. So, if, basically, if Del Rey asked me to go, to go, I will probably definitely go. You know, well, depending on schedule and so forth. We'll petition and push for that. Alrighty. <laughs> so, the post-NGO trilogy will come out only in 2005. Uh, you do have other finished work coming out until then. Uh, there is a lot of difficulty in getting the younger Star Wars fans to read. You think basing a novel on video games like The Ruins of Dantooine with Star Wars Galaxies is a good way to get them to read? Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I think that people are either readers or not, and um, and you know, I, I I just don't know what the whole dynamics of the crossing from the the online gaming is to the to the readers. Mm-hmm. I, I the only real experience or the only milestone I think we can measure by is is the Halo books, which are which are out and doing very well based on the Halo online game. So I suspect that it's probably a pretty good way to go. Okay. But but I'm not really an expert on uh, the demog- demographics of... Of that, that kind of books. Yeah. Uh, how would you address a general problem with the younger crowd not reading too much? Does this seem... You know, I don't know how much to worry about it. I think that, that there's been a lot of, of um, competition for reading for a long time. Uh, since I was a boy, I mean, you know, TV uh, became popular in the 1960s, which is when I was young. I mean, that's when it became that there was going to be a TV in every house and so forth. And my impression was was that a lot of people expected reading to stop at that point. And, you know, I just continued to read because I could always find what I wanted in a book. I could find a book that I enjoyed reading, but I couldn't always find a TV program that I enjoyed reading. And one would think that now with 500 channels that that would be different. But basically, if I if I look around at what's on TV, um, I think I still find that I enjoy reading more because I can find what I want, and most of what's on TV is just not entertaining. Okay. Um, and I think that the same is going to be 
said for gaming, you know, the, the online gaming and the computer gaming versus reading, it's a, it's a totally different experience. And there are things that, that, that you acquire when you read that are just more satisfying than when you, when you do an online game. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's one more thing that competes for attention. But ultimately, I think that people are going to... Um, I don't, and I'm not going to say that they're not going to play games or so forth, but I think that reading will be just fine because there are still things that, that appeal to us all universally. Yeah. And the Harry Potter novel just bring back the younger crowd to reading, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, now we're going to... Ha- well, I'm just going to ask you if there's any books you'd like to promote uh, before we leave you. And uh, after that, we're going to go to a short musical break. And we're going to be right back afterward on Star Wars on Direct all, all over again. So is there any books you'd like to promote before we go to the musical break? Well, I guess the most recent thing that is out is the Tattooing Ghost paperback. Okay. Um, so if you haven't read it in hardback, you should go and read it in paperback. And you got the Forest Apart ebook in it, I think. Right, it's got the Forest Apart ebook in the back, and it's got Corfilian interlude in the front. Oh, that's great. Which, which, yeah, which was a, just a little Halloween, or not Halloween, but um, Valentine's Day gift that, that Del Rey asked me to write for the fans, and, and I did, and it was just a lot of fun. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, that's it, of course, and even if you have the, the, pa- the, the not the paperback, but the... Uh, Hardcover. The hardcover. You can go buy a paperback and just collect those because they're really cool. They fit well into your uh, shelf, in, uh, on your shelves, into your <laughs> library. So we're going to go to a short musical uh, break. Just right before now. Uh, we thank you. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Troy. <laughs> oh, and thank you for having me. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And we hope uh, to hear from you uh, for uh, each of your NGO trilogy books. <laughs> oh, count on it. <laughs> That's great. And uh, we're going to go to a short musical break. Stay with us. And uh, we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct. I'm drifting away from the people 
Welcome back to Star Wars on the Reg Voice of Star Wars Fandom. Of course, you've just listened to a great interview with none other than the author of Star by Star, Troy Denning, also author of Tatooine Ghost, which is just out in paperback and with two nice ebooks in it. No, no, one is from the uh, story in the Insider, I think. Oh, and the other one is the and the, uh, the ebooks. Yeah. Also, well, two more stories extra on the paperback. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, remembering you, there's going to be a little contest later on. You have to be registered on Messenger if you want to win a nice Ralph McQuarrie Concept Stormtrooper. And uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are live with none other than Cheetor84 from our chat room. Hello, Cheetor. How are you doing? Hello. You can just call me Heather. <laughs> Heather. Okay. Okay. Uh, so basically, Heather, how, wh- what was really the marking point for you in 2003 in terms of Star Wars? Uh, for Star Wars, um, it would actually, uh, I said in the chat room, it would be uh, seeing the Star Wars kid before he became nationally known as Star Wars kid. Yeah. I was one of those few people who saw him, you know, when they put it on the internet, my friend introduced it to me, and I just laughed my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I feel bad for the guy, but it was just so funny. And yeah. um, after that, she was, I was asking my friend, uh, what was this called? And she was like, well, um, there's these fan films of Star Wars. And I was like, fan films? <laughs> so I went on the internet, and I got introduced to TSN. Yeah. And uh, I became a downloading freak. <laughs> um, I downloaded uh, Art of the Saber, The Formula. Yeah. I love that one. Um, and just, that was one of my main things. Uh, I didn't really know how big the fandom was. I'm a very in-closet fan. And just reading the message boards and... It just went right over my head, and mm-hmm. most of uh, your shows go right over my head because I don't don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but you're coming out of the closet by talking to oh us. No. That's it. No, it's the first couple of steps out. You just open the light to a newer fandom, newer world. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did, do you read a lot of books? Uh, well, uh, 
Uh, my friend Sarah, she's a big Star Wars uh, Extended Universe reader. Uh, she tells, tells me what happens because I don't really know where to get them, but she always promises that she'll give them to me. But, um, yeah, I'm a big reader. I could probably read 500 words a minute. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. It's ten times better than me at least. <laughs> uh, so, well, what did you think of the NJO series ended, ending that, that way in uh, 2003? It was just kind of I just can't really picture it uh, the way that my friend Sarah told me. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, she'll probably explain to me a little bit better. She's in college right now, and she, she only tells me over I am. So <laughs> okay. It gets interpreted very differently. Well, I think you were there for our show on the Unifying Force, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, what do you think about the... Hey, by the way, Agbar's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't know. Like I said, all these questions are going right over my head. Yeah. I mostly just know the uh, movies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I said, book-wise, I'm like to a minimum. Yeah. Did you, did you uh, see the Clone War cartoons? I wanted to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really, really wanted to, but... um. I never knew when it came on, and, well, for me, it's kind of odd seeing them drawn that way. You know, I'm, I, I love art, and just to see them stylized like that really got me creeped out, especially with Obi-Wan's beard being pointy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, it, it's, from my view, it's a really good series, but it's just, it creeps me out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it gets a little getting used to, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's fairly easy to get you to get used to it, mm-hmm. Unla- unlike uh, De- Dexter's Laboratory and uh, the Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> <laughs> by Gandhi Tartakovsky yeah. as well. Um, how did you like the fact that uh, the new trilogy is coming out on uh, DVD? Well, the, the 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 first trilogy is coming out on DVD next year. After yeah. all these uh, these years of patiently waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in about 12 years. Oh. Yeah, and so to see on DVD on my big screen, I'm so happy to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it will almost be like the first time. That's yeah, it. yeah. See it for the first time all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, were, you were talking earlier in the chat uh, about uh, EverQuest. Do you... Uh, intend to play Star Wars Galaxies? Um, I will. I'm just trying to save up money right now for college, but once I uh, do get the money to get it, I will be playing. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, we'll, we'll all be playing in a couple of years. <laughs> 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 That will become our life. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <yeah>. My life. <laughs> That's it. Uh, any other high point of uh, 2003 you'd like to point out? Um, really trying to think. Uh... Like I said, TSN, I got introduced to Digital Llama Radio. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. Um, I Like I said, it was the first thing I ever really heard of Star Wars, and, mm-hmm. you know, my little group here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see what else. Uh, he, uh, uh, he and Kristen in Episode 3 and his co- uh, costume at Older kind of creeps me out also. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like his uh, Luke Skywalker airdo? Yeah, <laughs> and also seeing uh, Ewan McGregor with the more, you know, episode four haircut, kind of, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's kind of odd, but to I me, mean, that's, that's one of my, you know, big high points. I I love spoilers, but, you know, I don't try to talk about it to people who just, you know, shut their ears and say, no spoilers, la, la, la. That's it. So, it's nice to know that we're not even in your uh, top three of the... Uh, 
of the year. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I will kidding you, kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> um, our well, ego is not that big. You don't have to worry about at that. At least you remember <laughs> when our show is on. That's right. And you're always on contrary of the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, and you're always there, which is really nice. Thank you very much. For, for being in the chat room at every, every one of our shows. I will. <laughs> and hope you guys call me more. I'm just really, I'm shaking right now. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be calling you anytime you want. Anytime you have something to say, we'll call you. We'll even come up. Yes. Y you know, if you have a computer, you just, just get a couple of MP3s or something like that. Come up with a little nice uh, intro for yourself. Yeah. Send it to no, us and we'll see what we can do. If you come often on the show, you will have an introduction. That's All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of time on my hands, so. <laughs> That's right. great. Well, thank you, guys. No problem. Thanks right. to you, Heather. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, hear you later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Now it's time oh. for Nathan. That's great. Is he in there? Yeah. Uh, oh, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, live dialing. A lot of number, eh? I'm telling you, man. It, we're we're going to have to come up with a tune, you know, with the <laughs> numbers and all. He's running to his phone. That's right. So we're going to have his intro coming up in a couple of seconds, right? Yeah. <laughs> come on, Nathan. He's making himself wanted. I'm going to start the intro. Back. Come on, Nathan. <laughs> you don't have to start your recording uh, software, Nathan. That's it. <laughs> hey, he's not here. Damn. So, it so we're leaving you a message. You weren't there, so we're gonna call someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and we're actually we we actually do have someone else uh, we can call. If you'll just let me warn that particular person. Just oh man, we're gonna end late. No, we're gonna be all right. Okay. okay. Don't forget about uh, Martin. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We have to do this guy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course we have to do him. Uh, okay, let me see. Yeah, yeah. He actually just got promoted to this uh, master combat medic thingy. Okay. So uh, he's going to talk all about it. That's right. So can I do this, 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 and that, and then I do this, and I get the number? <laughs> oh, this is interesting. We just got a new phone. You've got profit, don't you? <laughs> new tune. And we're about to talk with uh, Dart Kiz, which uh, and uh, which is uh, which name is David Kim King. Hello. Hello. How you doing, David? I'm doing just fine. And you're on the air on Star Wars on Direct. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, let me, so uh, David, what were your high points of uh, the 2003 year? Uh, 2003 Star Wars highlight for me definitely had to be the, the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. Now, after, uh, after hearing about it for so long and being a model sheet to the characters as they were in development and being a big fan of Jendi Tartakovsky anyway, mm -hmm. from uh, Samurai Jack, Speak closer to, to the phone, uh, David. We're losing Sorry? you. <laughs> Speak closer to the phone. Uh, is that better? No, <laughs> that's not better. That's too close. <laughs> um, that's good. <laughs> okay, is that that's better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, I was a big 
fan of uh, Jenny Cart- Tartakovsky with Samurai Jack before the Star Wars series even started. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that he was going to be a part of that, that just made it a big thing for me. And, uh, and were you happy with the way the designs were done for uh, the, the the Clone Wars? Absolutely. Uh, which episode were your favorite? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. Uh, which episode were your favorite? Oh, uh, the, the high point for me was uh, the fight between uh, Asajj Ventress and Dooku. Yeah. And then the the episode with Kip Fisto was a really close second. <laughs> Definitely high points. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you have in mind uh, for 2003 that will forever be uh, a stain or that will forever forever be remi- remembered in your memory? Uh, I'm not sure if it was 2003. I think it might have been very late 2002, but there was uh, a story in uh, in the comic for Star Wars Tales of a, of a battle between Darth Vader and Darth Maul. Yeah, the Star Wars Tales number six. Uh, no, not number sixteen. There's an audio drama about that uh, made on fan fanworks. Ten or eleven or yeah, something. It was like that. a very good audio drama. Yeah, yeah. But that that story for me was probably one of my all-time favorite the extended universe stories. Okay. Okay. Which is kind of cool because it could actually have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, thank you very much for calling it for letting us call you. Oh, I had a great time. And we'll definitely be trying back to uh, talk to you back some more times when we have some more uh, topics. Sure. Great. Love to hear from you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Nathan there, there appears to be some uh, trouble with Nathan's phone, so we're going to try another number. It's really funny because I'm doing all this, you know, live and all, and I have to talk while I'm typing numbers on the keyboard, and it's really cool. <laughs> Is it a cell phone? Now That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the phone, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Let us see. We're gonna make sure he's he, he, he's like available. <laughs> But we need to talk about fanworks in in That's 2003. Right. We need to talk about the ah uh, read the Jeff best Jeff uh, Rooney uh, That's right. email. We 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 need to talk about uh, the best website that came up for fan audio. So here we go. Okay, to the biggest Star Wars event this year was the opening and growth of StarWarsFanWorks.com. Star Wars Fan Audio in is, is in its infancy, but internet-based show like Star Wars on Direct, Requiem of the Outcast, and Chrono Radio are growing in popularity and spreading the good word that Star Wars fans have something to say. The internet now allows them to shout louder to more people. Dramas and parodies are getting better stories, better production values, and better actors all the time. Whether it's a, uh, whether a story is original trilogy, prequel trilogy, extended universe, or a crazy variation of all three, fan audio creators, performers, and their audio vision are here to say to stay. Kudos to Nathan who for taking a risk on a bunch of rascals, making them place nice on the message boards and offering them a home to get better skills, and spread their creative vision as far as the internet and good idea will take them. I am happy to be a part of such a new, vibrant, and exciting arm of Star Wars fandom. All who create these projects should be very proud. Jeff Roney, Jeff Roney Designs. Mr. Tatwin TV. R. Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> so. I just found out that, that nickname. Uh. Okay, so everything should be fine. Oh, you have a redial button on this. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Let's try it again. 
Yeah, damn busy. busy. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. Yeah, try the the one that's programmed. Let's try the other one. Tom 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 tom. Cool to have a number program. Yeah, yeah that, that's good. Uh, gonna oh, it's ringing. Yes, again. Answer, Nathan. Hello. Oh, hey, Nathan. Nathan. Hey, yeah, it's about time. Isn't it? <laughs> oh. it is. So we're gonna play the the, the intro again. Cool. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Oh, we need to we need to prolong that introduction for him. It's like with a little Star Wars soon after the, the let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Nathan Butler yes. from StarWarsFanWorks.com. Yes, that is me. And first, let me apologize. So apparently, my little voicemail droid in the phone would rather talk to you. Then let me talk to you because there was no ring, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and and the cell phone was messed up. I wound up having to call myself to clear the line. Apparently there was something messed up. But anyway, it's it's working now. Um, whew, been a good night, good show, good show. So Thanks. Um, I did want to want to kind of say to you guys since you know kind of coming up on the end of the year, um, we the fan audio community really does um, appreciate you guys now doing the show. In English as well. How you find time to do it is, you know, astounding. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah, and it's real nice to have another English show out there. And that for the fir first calendar year, they've all been been really enjoyable. We've been appreciating it. So, thanks. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. So, uh, in 2003, FanWorks was born. So, uh, for people who who don't know about FanWorks. You can get a, a little overview of it. Okay. Uh, well, Star Wars FanWorks is basically meant to be sort of a home for fan audio, the same way that TFN Fan Films is for fan films. Actually, a part of what grew out of, uh, of where it came from was listen. I don't know the best way to put it. There's a slight falling out between certain members of the fan audio community, myself included, and some of the individuals and decisions made by TFN fan films over the years. And one of the thing they, things they did was basically said, you know what, forget fan audio, we're, you know, we're sticking to films and whatever. Made a special message board for it and everything. Mm -hmm. to kind of excised it out of the community, which was fine, um, you know, for a while because there wasn't much to it. And then Lou Tambone, who runs StarWarsWithAZ.com, started asking me, you know, well, is there anything else you would want to do a new site on because we're getting ready to switch servers and this would be a good time to start it. Mm -hmm. And I already had Second Strike, Anthology, and Chrono Radio on my, my deeply embedded in my Slash timeline part. So I said, you know what, let's do that. And we started up FanWorks. And it, we basically want to try to promote the Star Wars fan audio genre as much as possible. We don't care whether it's a project. We have an active hand in whether... It's something we're just linking to or what. We want to make sure that people know the genres out there, and if they want to get involved, they can to kind of keep it going. Because, I mean, we're, we're like the grassroots level now. You know, there's mm -hmm. not much. Um, I mean, it, 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 if the few people who are really into it right now were to step away from it, I don't know that there's enough people to have another generation to follow. Mm -hmm. Got to keep it going the way it is. Yeah. What can we find of, on Star Wars FanWorks? Let's see, um, the quick rundown. We've got uh, well, there's three, three genres of fan audio. There's parodies, there's audio dramas, and there's radio shows. Um, 
let's see, in the parody section, we've got Jay Chipman's Coruscant. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, let's see, we got Jay Chipman's Coruscant. we got Jay Higgins' uh, Star Wars The Radio Play, which we actually think may have been the very first um, Star Wars parody, or audio parody, that we know of. It was made in 98. Okay. Um, we've got, let's see, other parodies like Star Wars The Musical. We've got... Uh, uh, a page set up for Jeff Roney's Tatooine TV, mm-hmm. a page set up for The Adventures of Luke Skywalker, St- Stormtrooper Bob, so all kinds of parodies. Um, the Episode 3 audio spoof by Lila Atherley was re-released on Fanworks um, a couple days ago. Okay. Then in the audio dramas, um, we've got, let's see, we've got all three acts of Star Wars Second Strike. We've got Resurrection, uh, which is the one you guys were talking about that is based on the comic. Yeah. Um, Betrayed Federation... Uh, Smuggler's Run is coming. We've got a page up for it because it was kind of a holdover from another site, but it is coming. Um, we got five episodes of Anthology, which would be Doubts Cast, Dreamscape, The Mob, Addiction, and Responsibility. And we've got No Way Out coming in a few days, hopefully. Okay. Um, we've got a page set up um, for Rise of Nobility. And then in the radio shows, of course, they've got, we've got featured project pages, kind of to, to give information about shows, but not specifically download the shows. Mm-hmm. Set up, of course, for you guys, yeah. digital llama shows, uh, kind of a tribute to Jedi Talk. And then we actively host uh, Chrono Radio and Requiem, bleh, Requiem of the Outcast. Plus, you know, you got panel footage from the Dragon Con 2003 panel, the first time fan audio was actually given its due at a, at a convention. We got a, a, cop, a videotape copy and an audio copy of that panel. Um, I don't know. It's it's been a big year. It's like 2003 didn't like start anything because you know the the fan audio parodies were already there since '98. Mm-hmm. The radio shows since Jedi Talk in '99. Uh, Second Strike kicked off fan audio or fan audio dramas. Mm-hmm. But that was the end of 2002. It's not like anything. I mean, any new genre started, but it seems like this was the year where everything sort of started to come together. We started to realize we were more a community on our own than we were, you know, just this little subset of the fan film community. I think that's that's been the biggest thing out of this year, is just coming into our own. Yeah. Uh, so, just by saying that, I'm sure that some people w- will be interested. It's a, it's an all-new genre, and for people who like, I think, reading books, the audio, the fan audio, is a, is a really good alternative, because your imagina- uh, imagination still is working. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, and uh, in 2003, what uh, what major event uh, besides fan audio uh, would you uh, say that is the most important? The highest point of 2003. Yeah. Highest point. Um, or lowest. <laughs> highest or lowest. Um, <laughs> I would say probably the highest would be um, just, let's see, I, I guess it's, the Clone Wars, the darker storytelling, not even just the Clone Wars stuff, mm-hmm. but the fact that the New Jedi Order explored darker territory somewhat, but then pulled us out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark Horse Comics has finally gotten its shit together. <laughs> <laughs> can't get up, they can't get issues out on time still. <laughs> but the issues they have gotten, they have put out, um, many, quite a few of them this past year, have gotten better and better, especially, I mean, not all year, but just over the last few months, because we had that spat with Stradley going on back in about February, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's all pretty much been worked out. The stories, I mean, the Battle of Jabim was dark and depressing, and you know, it was okay, but you've got all these Quinlan Voss stories going on, you've got the latest one with Anakin versus 
Asherat Het, which is just, you know, it's, it's darker, deeper storytelling than we're used to. And it's nice to see that thread going, that kind of theme. As far as the worst, probably the cancellation of Star Wars Gamer. It was, oh, yes, yes. It was so great to feel like we were almost getting a Star Wars Adventure Journal again. And I guess it just, it reached a point where it couldn't keep going. And they've been doing the short fiction in Insider, but they went maybe three episodes, three episodes, three issues in there. So it didn't have a single short story in it. And that's part of the reason why a lot of people from Gamer switched over to Insider, you know? Mm-hmm. That's too bad. I think that that was the best magazine ever. That, that actually happened in late 2002. Was it late 2002? Yeah, because I remember at the uh, Star Wars Celebration speaking with uh, Michael something from the uh, the Star Wars Gamer and uh, publica- publication, and he told me that the the, the, the Star Wars Gamer number 10 was going to be the last one because it wasn't selling as much as they would have liked to. Yes, so. I know it was... It was it was it, it got canceled around the same time that I think the it may have been the second set or maybe even the first set of the of the Wizards of the Coast um, card game was coming out because I remember one of the last issues had sort of a spread of all the different yeah um, yeah 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 series yeah that's it yeah but it's been it's been a good year I mean for a year that hasn't had a film it's 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 done pretty well I mean as far as keeping the drama up and keeping things you know interesting and lively and whatnot. I mean, it's nice to see that between these films, we don't have that same... I mean, even between A New Hope and Empire, when they first came out, there wasn't... I mean, there was some stuff, but there wasn't a lot of deep products being produced. You know, mm-hmm. it tended to be comic strips and some Marvel stories and things like that. It's nice to see that between these films, they're really trying to bridge the gap. And this was a good year for that. Yeah. Well, anything else to say, Nathan? Uh, no, don't think so. I think I think I'm good. It's I'm looking forward to 2004 more fan audio stuff, and uh, hope, hopefully we'll be able to end next year by saying that everything turned out well. There is also in the works. We're we're figuring out the details. Possibly in some form of awards to go back and recognize some of the fan audio creators for 2003. But we're still in the very 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 early stages of that. Uh-huh. So we got to check the forums for. Uh the Galactic Senate for people who want maybe to be in the panel that no, are not uh, yep. implicated in fan with you. Yeah, if you haven't taken part in something in 2003, then uh, then yeah, you'd be you'd be perfectly eligible to be on the panel. We'll probably do a fan's choice. I got, uh, for better or worse, I got Lou T-Bone to reactivate the polls on that board. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. so we'll see. Okay, well, thanks again, Nathan. All right, you're welcome. Of, of course, these, these awards, they're going to be called a FAFA. The, uh, no, the F, the F, the F, triple Fan audio, fan <laughs> choice award. <laughs> anyway, f- fix your phone for the next time. That's right. Yes, I will. Figure <laughs> out why Bill stops messing with me again. Yeah, <laughs> great. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. There you go. And yes, you can grab oh, that. Brian wants to talk now. No, I can speak again. <laughs> <laughs> you are giving the right to speak again. <laughs> you should be going without the mic. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, right now, we're going to go to a short musical break. But before we do so, I'm going to say that during this musical break, you have to get off your butts, run up to. How much time do I have? One minute. Okay. <laughs> So you you have you have to run up to your shelves. You have to grab the Star by Star hardcover. Hardcover by Troy Denning. Look up what the first word of text 
is at page 374 and send it to me by Not the title of the book. And you got to send it one. to me by MSN Messenger and you're going to be eligible. The first person who actually te- tells me that is going to be receiving the Macquarie e- concept. Dot at hotmail.com. No, no. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, that's that's the, the MSN uh, user. But you're going to be receiving the Macquarie uh, concept Stormtrooper. See you after that break. Star 
And we are back on Star Wars on Direct. Hey, that's my voice. Moving the VU meters over there. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> and the not, winner is... It's not as sweet as uh, Cheetor84 voices from, uh, from the chat room, though. <laughs> we got we to gotta tweak around that. Okay, we have actually two people who sent us their answers by MSN Messenger. So in second place... You know, the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> that, sorry, that's just like really bad. But uh, so it's sorry, Nathan. That would be you. Uh, you got the you got the right answer, but you got it just a tiny little about, second about a second after our dear friend Kieran Horn got it right. And Kieran, you're the big winner of mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Clone Trooper. Clone no. Concept Stormtrooper from Ralph McQuarrie, yep. uh, which you could see in the Star Wars A New Hope portfolio. And it's like the images are really cool. Mm-hmm. The, the action figure is really terrific. And so, uh, uh, K- uh, Kieran, just send us your full address, postal address, so we can uh, know where send you, you live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and send you the, the wonderful prize. And we got a little intro now. That's right. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, far from Detour. Let me see your identification. And we are back <laughs> with the Star Wars Galaxy segment uh, with Wookie Mart on the phone. Hi, folks. How's it going? Hey, going very well. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I just made Master Combat Medic. Woohoo! <laughs> Congratulations, Wookie Mart. Thanks. After six months of really, really hard work, <laughs> there you go. I made it. So it's cool, you know. Because I never power leveled the character. I just—it's all pretty much through role playing that I did it. So. I'm pretty proud of myself. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, the game came out this year uh, in June. So, what uh, are your comments since the game came out? Okay. Well, uh, to, to put a little perspective on the thing, uh, I have to admit that this is my first experience with a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, from the get-go, I had a lot of stuff to learn to begin with. Uh, I had to learn how things are done in such a game and stuff like that. So... I had a learning curve myself. So, from the get-go, I found everything pretty much entertaining. Uh, the new, uh, the, everything was new to me. Uh, for somebody who's played uh, games like these, it's probably a little different, you know. Uh, they re-encounter stuff they've encountered in other games. So, people might not have been as thrilled as I could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, this being said, however, I think uh, it's... Uh, not uh, presumptuous to say that they probably came out with the game a year too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many, uh, even though the game is fluid and uh, there haven't been many crashes, uh, min- really minor bugs. So the evolution has been of the game has been really slow but steady. Uh, everything they were willing to put forth out into the gameplay environment, they were pretty much sure it was going to be stable because we never had any really big, ugly stuff happen. Okay. Uh, every big upgrade that happened was 
uh, on the first day usually was a little iffy, but I think that's simply because of the fact that everybody wanted to do it at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have 270-somewhat thousand players wanting to do the same thing at once, you know, <laughs> things get ugly. Like buying a swoop bike or... <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> so that's the next point uh, I want you to talk about. Uh, uh, just before Christmas, the vehicles in Star Wars Galaxy came out. Yes, just a little before Christmas, vehicles came out, and uh, basically we had three types of vehicles available to us. For about a month, we had had uh, vehicles, uh, well, uh, living vehicles, uh, let's say, uh, that were creature mounts. Mm-hmm. And those were fairly simple to use. Uh, uh, the attitude of the that you have to have when using those uh, vehicles is that uh, they're not designed to be used in combat. They're purely for transportation uh, purposes. Uh, when you're on a creature mount, You can do some combat maneuvers, but very basic stuff, you know, no special moves or stuff like that. And when you're on in a, on a speeder, uh, it's even worse because you can't even shoot. <laughs> okay. Uh, but a speeder goes so fast that you can get out of harm's way uh, without really having any problems. Okay. Uh, there are three different types of uh, speeders. You have the X-34, which is pretty much what Luke used in A New Hope. You know, his uh, three engines. Uh, brown. <laughs> sorry? Uh, the brown. Uh, yeah, the brown speeder. Yeah, yeah. you know, the uh, X-34 land speeder, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, we also have the swoop, which were introduced, I think, in the special editions and uh, in the... Uh, A New Hope? Uh Yeah, in the special edition of the New Hope, mm-hmm. and I, uh, we see them in the Phantom Menace, I think. And Anakin Skywalker uses one. Uh, no, not the Phantom Menace, the uh, Attack of the Clones. When he goes seeking his mother, mm-hmm. that's a swoop. Uh, and you have the speeder bike. The speeder bike is what the Imperial Scouts use on Endor. Okay. Uh, all three vehicles uh, move at different speeds, the fastest being the swoop, then the speeder bike, and comes in last, the uh, X-34. Yeah, the, the, the speeder bike... Should have been the fastest, but uh, people made test speed test. <laughs> I don't know. It might be an American thing, you know, because the speeder bike reminds everybody of the Harley Davidson, and I guess the Americans don't like the Japanese to get one up on them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a clue as far as that con- uh, as that is concerned. I I thought as well that the speeder bike would have been the fastest, you know, but apparently not. Okay. We made a few tests, and the um, I think you make a kilometer in under a second with the swoop, and it's something it's, like it's uh, really fast. One, uh, 90 seconds for the speeder bike and probably two minutes for the the X34. Okay, and how's the 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 maneuvering of the how's the feel with the mouse and the keyboard? Oh, the way you move around in a vehicle is very much the same as you would with your character. It's very, uh, it's the same type of interface. There's no difference whatsoever. You just have to have better reflexes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to avoid uh, collisions with stuff, but since the collisions don't really do any damage, it's just a question of fluidity as far as I'm concerned, you know. I just went through a forest on Endor to get to a wedding, and um, uh, it was it was all hell, you know, because they, they didn't put nearly the same amount of trees on Endor in the game that you see in the movie, and thank God for that, because... Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It would be undrivable. Yeah. 
we heard stories about uh, probably the first day when the vehicle came out like there were so much speeders and swoop bikes parked at Anchor Ed or something mm-hmm. it was incredible it was like a Harley Davidson convention <laughs> oh, it was scary because the problem is uh, like I mentioned earlier uh, on the first day pretty of a new update pretty much everything is iffy mm-hmm. at best and uh, on the first day there was a problem with the vehicles not being able to be stored right and people couldn't get onto them and stuff like that so people just got fed up with it and just left them lying around <laughs> so the problem is you wind up with a junkyard. <laughs> yeah. Since people were sort of lazy and left them lying around everywhere, uh, the whole city was uh, riddled with them. After Laconia Bike Week, you had Laconia Tatooine Bike Week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or the Anchorhead uh, uh, Bike Festival, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But how do you find your swoop after that? You know, there's so many, so many laying around. <laughs> Actually, the best thing you can do is uh, go to your datapad because it's always stored there, and you can store it from your datapad. Okay. And then call it afterwards. You can recall it afterwards. Oh, it's night like night uh, night rider, you know, kit coming to you. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. No, not really. Although it's funny because when you come in, when I come into a um, a launch area from for an outpost, and I want to get a shuttle to another planet, I just you know come in all engines blaring and I just jump off my vehicle and the funny thing is that there's an auto parking system you see the speeder move, maneuver around and go park itself in a safe area that's kind of funny there you go. <laughs> but the other funny thing is that you can transport your your vehicle in your data pad and change planet yep <laughs> yeah well you know vehicle uh, they have to go, sort of bend around a certain certain reality rules since the uh, it's, Starship it's in capsules it's oh. just like in Dragon Ball so it's okay no come on <laughs> boy actually <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. um, no but we're gonna we're gonna go like on the, the we're gonna go to Discovery Channel and we're gonna tell them give us like some great computers and we're gonna go do the the, the, the Tatooine uh, swoop the series over there <laughs> based on the American chapter the series from Discovery yeah. Channel you know That would be funny, yes. Yeah. And we heard also that uh, somebody plot the Buntaif course on Tatooine. Yep. Yeah, if you go on the on the uh, website, the official uh, for website. Sony Online Entertainment, the Star Wars Galaxy's website, uh, you can uh, you can get you can download you can um, basically get all the waypoints to establish the Buntaif circuit race racetrack and basically redo the race. Now the funny thing is. Uh, it's really, up, uh, you know, it's more for fun than just anything because, you know, you make no money out of it. Bulbas who are going to want to cheat and stuff. So it'd yeah. be a really funny uh, if people actually make a player event to go through with that. Mm-hmm. But it will happen, probably. Oh, it's probably already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's gone through the trouble of making those waypoints, you know, it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> people have had fun racing and stuff. What would be fun is if they actually allow the crafters to... Um, Modify the bikes and do some customizing? Customizing, and if you ever get to... Because we only have three vehicles now, but if people get to have the ability to play around with stuff, we might get to see some pod racer come out at some point, you know. Oh, that would be cool. You know, salvage some... 
Starship engine or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, rip out an X-wing fighter and use its engines for turbines. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you go to hyperspace on your uh, <laughs> on your speeder. <laughs> <laughs> Don't push that button. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that red button? Yeah, push it. Push it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's coming uh, up in 2004? Uh, does the space extension? Probably yes. Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one because no official release has been made to my knowledge. So it's probably going to be a while until we see stuff from the space expansion start to point its nose out. Okay. And uh, in 2003, uh, on the general subject of Star Wars, what was the highest point for you? Uh, what do you believe is the the, the biggest event in Star Wars? Uh, for 2003, maybe besides Star Wars Galaxies? Oh, boy. Uh, for, uh, the biggest event for the Star Wars fandom all around the world? A fandom, or uh, so it could be literature, uh, the episode 3 uh, filming in Australia, the Clone War uh, micro-series. Yeah, anything. okay. Well, personally, I did... Uh, I, was, uh, I was pretty cold to the idea of... Um, What is it? The Clone Wars animated series. Okay. Because I really don't like that type of animation. Okay. However, the scenario is pretty interesting, and, you know, through Star Wars on Direct, I got to discover it, and that was a pretty positive thing. Mm -hmm. So, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming up on the show and uh, giving right. us some insight of, on Star Wars Galaxy, so, because we don't play yet. <laughs> uh -huh. Actually, you better be ready to put in some hours because the thing is addictive to no end. Yeah, that's <laughs> my problem. Even uh, Raven is beginning to be an addict of the... Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the only really good advice I can give to anybody who really wants... Wow, I'm in, I'm in the Ewok village right now and somebody's about to get married, so... <laughs> weird. Uh, the... Um, The really only good advice that I can give to anybody who wants to start to play this game is find yourself a community of players with whom you enjoy playing. Because if you're not careful who you choose to play with, you're going to encounter all sorts of... Juvenile uh, action and... <laughs> brief issues and stuff like that, yeah. you know. Uh, it takes a while to find a really interesting group. Uh, I've had to try three or four times. Every time I, I get to know new people, you know, I just wait around, see how fun they are and everything, and eventually uh, you sort of filter out the undesirables that way, you know. And after a few hours of play, you uh, you sort of try to understand who's who's uh, what type of player and uh, if they will fit in with your type of play, you know. Because you can approach this game from two points. You can approach it from the basic computer game point of view and just have fun with it and enjoy the ride or you can really really push it a little further and really start role playing mm -hmm. and enjoying this new lifestyle that you can live in and enjoy the um, uh, you know enjoy imagining yourself really in the Star Wars environment that's one thing that the game has been criticized a lot about this past year is that um, <laughs> sorry about that is that uh, the Star Wars Galaxies game isn't Star Wars enough you know it doesn't have a Star Wars feel according to some people my answer to those people is that basically it's ours to make it feel like Star Wars mm -hmm. or not you know it's what we do in it that makes it Star Wars or not you know mm -hmm. and hopefully 
the 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 game will be actually finished. <laughs> But well, like I said, uh, the, the, the game is very fluid. Mm -hmm. What is in there is really interesting. The problem is that. Uh, it's not complete. You get a really big feeling that it's not complete, but not on the first level. It's when you start to dig a little deeper, mm -hmm. when you start looking at all the uh, in-game quests and adventures. Uh, it sort it sort of falls short a little, you know. Uh, but you know they they've really done their homework because every, almost every character in the expanded universe is in there. I mean, we have people from the. Uh, The novel, the Han Solo, um, the old classic trilogy novels. Mm -hmm. You have people uh, that have been established uh, through uh, novels, comic books, and stuff like that. You have Nim, which is the guy who actually, uh, I've been told, technically overthrows the Trade Federation, mm -hmm. and he's in there. You know, and you also have the Night Sisters of Dathomir. That's stuff that's never been actually put forth in any game in, in any game before. Mm -hmm. it, it was just in one novel, which is the courtship of Princess Leia, yeah. I, I think, if yeah. I recall. Mm -hmm. So you know they they've really gone to gone to the ground with their their stuff. They're, they've done their homework, and every key element is there. Now it's just a question of you know uh, patching up all the little leaks here and there, and just giving it more a little bit more depth. And hopefully, uh, it's probably th that's probably what they're going to be putting the main focus on this year. You know, is deepening the experience so that you mm -hmm. feel a whole lot more into the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, when do you think uh, you will be coming back on the air uh, uh, with the new, uh, ex not expansion, but the new patch and everything? Oh, I don't know. The, you know, with the with the Jedi going, uh, with the Jedi Force sensitive slot hunts going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, that might keep people busy for a while, so I think they've given themselves a little uh, themselves a little window mm -hmm. to enjoy a little bit of relaxed yeah. time. You know, maybe next time uh, we have you on the air, we will talk about Jedi's in general and see how they they came yeah. uh, until that point. Mm -hmm. Well, right now we don't see a lot of them. Everybody's in the process of trying to unlock their uh, force sensitive slot and everything. But the one thing that is clear is that it's going to be a lot. And I mean a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult, very long, very tedious work. And not easy. Uh, the, the toughest part is probably the fact that, you know, if you're not careful while using your Jedi powers, bounty hunters will be have the opportunity to try and hunt you down. <laughs> so the, with the um, when the game came out, the bounty hunter uh, profession was the most popular profession. <laughs> <laughs> But it sort of dropped. Mm -hmm. And now that the Jedi, uh, when when the Jedi uh, profession becomes a little bit more popular and we start to see more Jedi, you know, we might start to see more bounty hunters. <laughs> They might come back. Okay, well, thanks, uh, Martin, and keep some for the next time. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Bye. You too, bye. And there you go. That was Wookie Mart from... Uh, <sighs> Our way. A galaxy far, far away. Yeah, ga a galaxy far, far away. Okay, uh, we're gonna like jump off a couple of things right now. Uh, we're gonna go to the publication novel that are coming up in 2004 because yes, we are coming to the end of the show. It's about to handle. Where are we <laughs> gonna be able to go to supper, guys? <laughs> And uh, we're gonna get ready to go to, to go to bed here. <laughs> And uh, of course. Uh, what's coming up in 2004 in terms of uh, publication yeah. okay, well, novels? December 30th. 
Ruins of Dantooine came back in paperback. Yep. So I've got it right here. <laughs> so I can show that in the webcam. Yeah. And so that that came out. And Tatooine Ghost and the Forest Apart ebook came out in paperback. Yeah. With the, what was it, the interlude? The, uh, oof. Uh, Orphelion interlude or something like yeah. that. I don't well, remember. Well, there are two, shor- there are two um, extras in the yeah. paperback. So it's worth a buy. It's coming out this month. Mm. Survivor's Quest to Missyzan hardcover in February. Jedi Quest 8 Changing of the Guard and uh, paperback March 2004. Clone Wars Wofet number 5 A New Threat paperback April 2004. Clone Wars SharePoint paperback May 2004. Clone Wars Unentitled ebook Tied to Setus Deception ebook May 2004. Uh, Clone Wars Setus Deception hardcover July 2004. MedStar number 1 Battle Surgeons. Battle, uh, paperback, July 2004. Um, Jedi Quest number 9, False Peace. Paperback, July. Um, New Jedi Order number 19, Unifying Force. Paperback, August. MedStar number 2, Healer. Paperback, October. Clone Wars Jedi Trial, hardcover, 2000, uh, November. And the uh, Clone Wars Untitled, Unassigned Author on paperback in December. There you go. I read the comics also, or no? Okay. No, no. no. Well, we got we got a lot of comics coming up this year. And yeah, uh, and uh, since so the Infini- since the uh, I'll finish the Infinities, uh, Return, of the, Return yeah. of the Jedi, more Empire, more Republic, more Tales, yeah, more Jedi. They'll Yay! <laughs> and uh, in 2004, there, there are things coming out that we need to mention. You know, of course. Let me find DVDs? It. Yeah, the classic trilogy on DVD and the Clone Wars series on DVD. Yeah, well Hopefully. We, talked ab- we talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and what will came out, the title of Star Wars Episode 3, probably Supposed in to. September, probably. So between, I'd say, aug- in August or September. In September, yeah. The teaser trailer will come out this uh, this fall. The release date of Episode 3, uh, the international re- release date will Hopefully be announced. international, probably, most yeah. likely. Yeah, and the teaser poster will come out. So, so good year. Yep. You mentioned that, didn't you? That thing there. <laughs> no. No, great. Okay. So earlier I was talking. We were talking to Troy Denning, and I t- and I asked him about his appearance at Star Wars Celebration Two. That's because, uh, well, the Force now you know they. It's just it's still just a rumor to them. They wouldn't put up the fact that uh, Sitlan actually did exclusively. Uh, said that yes, the convention will be in Indianapolis again. And uh, well, if you're hearing this for the first time on Star Wars Sound Direct, you know it's new to you. We're 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 pr- pretty sure. No, it's not new to me. We're we're pretty well, sure it's, it's gonna them. it's gonna be in Indianapolis. We've received email from some highly respected people who are working for some hotels right next to the convention center in Indianapolis, and they told us that. All the rooms were booked by the Star Wars people, and that if you wanted to reserve a room, you'd have to go through the Star Wars Housing Bureau. So that's probably, that probably means that we're going to have to reserve our rooms on the Star Wars website and stuff like that. Yep. And the sad news about that is that we, we also received a rate that isn't really well received by the fans, which is $299. Now, wasn't that rate for um, per the night. rooms that they didn't? That Star Wars couldn't. No, 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 no. That's the room for for the the, the rooms sure. per night for 
the the rooms for the for the the, the Star Wars people. That's too expensive. Two hundred. How much was it? Two hundred. Three hundred a night. You know, Three hundred bucks a, a night. Yeah. Way too much. Way. Too well, much. it will change. That will change. I hope it will. It better. It better. I hope that I said because nobody's gonna go to Star Wars Celebration Three. <laughs> <laughs> They, they will house far from the convention. So yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, of course, you have... Motel uh, 8. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, the, other, the other thing coming up, uh, other than the actual official announcement from Lucasfilm uh, about the, the Star Wars Celebration 3, will be uh, some video games, and gonna be a, there's going to be probably a space expansion for Star Wars Galaxies. There's going to be Republic Commando, which looks really good. It's kind of a Raven, Raven Shield. Shield. Uh, Rainbow right. Six. Rainbow Six, yeah. And you're going to have Star Wars Battlefront, which is like Battlefield 1942. But instead of holding up a wrench when you're repairing something, you're going to be holding up an hydro spanner. It's just a skin. It's just a skin. A skin. A skin morphing. That's all. <laughs> There's nothing much to it. Okay, so we're going to d- go to my little community update uh, music. Yeah. <laughs> So the first event I'm going to mention is actually the fact that Sitland.net had his uh, first two, well, his first two uh, New Year's supper. Uh, we were here uh, last night at uh, Hurley's. We had a terrific time with all the guys who were there. Yep. Uh, Kit Fist is still recovering from it as well. I'm just really tired. <laughs> and uh, some of our friends in France as well did this. Uh, the other thing I'm going to talk about is the fact that Sitland will be celebrating his fifth anniversary this year in February. Yep. Five years and running. Only and counting. Yeah. And, and counting. That's a long time. Yeah. You're, you're going to get there. Only, yeah. only two more years. <laughs> no, only two more years. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> only two more years. <laughs> I'm not going to live through those. <laughs> uh, two more? I need yeah. a retirement. Of course, <laughs> of course there's going to be the uh, Star Wars Celebration 3 announcement in uh, 2003 and the dates 2004 in 2004 sorry about that and the dates should be from April 22nd to 24th of May to of April 2005 so still waiting from uh, Lucasfilm yeah uh, we hope to hear from them in January that's right uh, Star Trek convention in London. United Star Trek. Co- yeah. Star Trek. That, well, that's because it's it's called a Star Trek convention in between the, in between brackets. Uh, from January 9th to 11th, 2004, there re- there will be some Star Wars guests. Kenneth Cole is going to be there. He was Admiral Piet. Gary Kagan will be there. He's a really really cool guy. Big Starfighter. Jeremy Bullock, who's known as Bullfett, and Alan Roscoe, who was Bib uh, Fortuna in the Phantom Menace. Well, there you go. And if you'd like to uh, visit their website, you can go to the www.creationent.com slash calendar underscore frame that htm and you'll get all the information for the year, for, for this convention. And uh, after that, we have the Paris Jouet Collection in Paris, France, uh, February 8, 2004. And uh, Warwick Davis is going to be there, Alan Harris is going to be there, Femi Taylor is going to be there, and Michael Sheard is going to be there. Michael Sheard, the one and only. And uh, he's probably going to be selling books. Buy his books, support him. Really terrific books. His biography? Yeah. Okay. One of his three biographies. 
because oh. he got three of them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, we're going to go back after that because the other conventions are way, way. far away. <laughs> so we don't need to mention them right now. And uh, what else can we talk about in terms of community updates? Uh, we are having lots and lots of fun in the, the fan audio community. keeps on growing and growing. Uh, hopefully you can visit www.starwarsfanworks.com and uh, get whatever news you can. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the last episode of Clone Wars. The last episode of Clone Wars? Oh, yeah, you did. You did. I did that. Yeah. What the hell you talking It's about? because it's far... Uh, you, you, you mentioned those two yeah. hours ago. That's right, it's two <laughs> hours ago. And we're all getting sleepy and really? all... <laughs> We need, we all need some sleep because we were all celebrating it. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. And we did a three and a half hour show, and this one's coming up to <laughs> almost that. That's right. So uh, I'm just going to mention the fact that if you're going, if you have any local conventions that you'd like us to plug in this community update, just send us an email, and we'll, it will be our pleasure Give to do so. Give us as much information as you can. That's it, you know, time, place, and dates, and everything. And if you'd like to be a correspondent for us, just let us know, and we're going to try and find out some information about that convention, about who's running it, and we're going to see if we can get you in with a press pass for us. I want that. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, now. I can, I, okay. Damn, damn you. <laughs> well... We can announce our next show right now, but it's not concrete. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still going to announce it. Uh, Saturday, January 17th, 2004. No, actually, Saturday. No, Sunday, January 18th, 2004. Sorry about that. Sunday, January 18th, 2004, at, eight, you, at 7 o'clock, 1900 hours. You owe me. <laughs> Eastern. Eastern. The future of Star Wars on the small screen. We, we ask you to send us... Uh, well, come and discuss it on the... Comments, the, emails. That's it. Boards. Yeah. All the boards. Drop us, uh, drop us what you think about the future of Star Wars on the small screen. Uh, if you have any comments about the show, or would like to make any suggestions yeah. for upcoming subjects. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. And if, y- if you want, uh, let's see, what kind of... TV show would you like? Uh, w- which actor would you think is best for certain role, etc., etc. What w- what do you want to see Lucasfilm make on television? That's it. That's basically it. That's what we want to hear from. We want to hear the fan say it by their own voice. There you go. But we're gonna call you. You have a voice <laughs> of fandom. Yeah, exactly. So, if you have any comments on the show, or you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Thanks to our sponsor, Sitland.net, Legends Action Figures, who provided the nice price for today, and will probably be uh, providing the shipping as well. <laughs> uh, Simple-net.ca Our nice host Our partners TheForce.net Your latest of Star Wars And of course StarWarsFanWorks.com The home of Star Wars Fan Audio uh, We're gonna tell you See you next time on Star Wars on Direct The voice of Star Wars fandom But you have to stay tuned Because we had the great opportunity To have a concert A Star Wars concert By uh, an Symphonical orchestra. Yeah. Let, uh, let's try the wind instrument orchestra or the something. W- the the uh, wind orchestra of Montreal. That's right. 
No, of no, music. Film. film music. It's the Wind Orchestra the, of, yeah. of Film Music. And they actually rearranged the Battle of Hot. It's a, it's a piece that's fifth, that's 14 minutes and 25 seconds long, so 15 minutes long. Uh, you can actually listen to it. It's really great. Yeah. It's recorded live with only nine micro- microphones. That's right. And they, they're amateurs, but they, they're really great. They're incredible. It's yeah. th- they're the kind of guys I would like to pay to make my, the music for my fan film. <laughs> exactly. If I ever was to make one. Or even my fan audio. Music and fan audio is pretty good as well. Yeah. So there you go. And we're telling you, see you next time here on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sure to visit www.swanzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Cyclan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga, des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe, et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net.
sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.